welcome to the Naked Bootleg, rolling out of the trivia pocket with no protection. I am your host, co-host, person who always introduces these episodes. It's me, Marcus. Uh, Daddy Alaska, if you will. Um, we're back again. Uh, we Last time we were all together, we talked about the NFL playoffs, and as we head into Championship Sunday... Uh, <laughs> Hopefully you can now look back at us and either say, oh, wow, that was really smart or, oh, God, these guys are dumb and they have no idea what they're talking about. So we're here to talk about something that we know even less about, but something (laughs) that nonetheless we're very excited about. Um, So first off uh, with me, as always, Mr. Eric Ede. Eric, how are you doing? I just want to point out that I have one team left in my bracket. So (laughs) just throwing that out there. I still have one left of the four. Yep. Other than that, I'm good. Um, not to get too personal, but I thought we were putting my dad in a home yesterday, but finds out his hip's not broken. His hip's not broken. Oh, um, so <laughs> just, yeah. Um, other than that, everything's good. I'm going to Disney on ice tomorrow. So uh, ah. fun. <laughs> come on. Is it, it'll is be either that or the Sabres game. Same thing. <laughs> it, it's the same. It's, I think <laughs> they're happening together. Wow. And uh, that voice you hear, that familiar one, back again this for this episode, Matt Darty. What's up, dude? I'm uh, I'm sick of talking or thinking about football. So now let's talk about a different kind of football, because you know, I, I after the game on Saturday night, I had to go watch Byron on Sunday morning because I had to at least watch one of my teams stomp an inferior foe, because that was pathetic watching my Packers offense play hero ball for three and a half quarters on Saturday night. That was, I'm sick and tired of Aaron Rodgers. Another, another naked bootleg, but otherwise I'm doing great. Thanks, Marcus. How are you? <laughs> I, uh, play, your team made the playoffs. Cool. That, what was that like? <laughs> um, all right. But uh, we're kind of burying the lead. Uh, we're going to be talking about Australian rules, football footy, and we're very excited to have uh, two special guests here with us. Let's start off with first, you know, him, you love him triviality uh triviality's own and freaking new author amazing mr neil fisher how's it going neil good thank you so much for having me thanks for that intro too that was really nice um so happy to be here i listened to the to the bootleg all the time i listened to all the playoff uh predictions that went down in a a blaze of glory but it was fun listening to him anyway (laughs) um but uh no happy to be here big fans of you guys as always as i as i always tell you repeatedly um and uh yeah just happy to be talking about footy and uh hanging out with the guys um yeah uh neil you can always compliment us and we're not we're never gonna get tired of it it's, it, it's nice <laughs> um but neil is like single-handedly responsible for all of us even getting into footy in the first place and our other special guest actually covers footy in australia jasper bruce jasper thanks for coming on and we're super excited to have you Hey guys, thanks for having me. All right. So Jasper, who how, do you so can you tell us a little bit about yourself and and uh, what your outlet you work for and stuff like that? Sorry, Marcus. I mean I used no, no. that. No, no, no. I didn't want to I wanted to get that in. <laughs> hey, absolutely. Yeah, all good. Um, my name's Jasper. I'm a sports journalist here in Sydney, Australia. I actually am recording here. It's the afternoon. I think it's evening for you guys. So we're, our time difference is a bit out of whack, but it's a lovely sunny day here in Sydney, Australia. I actually 
live about two and a half kilometres, three kilometres from where the Sydney Swans play their home games. Uh, so the suburb is called Coogee. Anyone that's familiar with Sydney will know there. It's the beachside suburb here. I work for News Corp Australia. So selling my soul to the Murdoch Empire for now. I was going to say, that's a Murdoch <laughs> outfit, isn't it? But yeah, no, I, I, um, I cover a whole bunch of sports uh, for the mainly the newspapers, but also online for Fox Sports here and a couple other websites covering uh, Aussie Rules football, rugby league, which is our other big football code down here, cricket in the summer. Those are kind of the main three sports in Australia, none of which rate much of a mention in the US. So I'm excited to uh, to talk to you guys about a bit of Aussie Rules football and hopefully spread the word a bit. Yes, we're very excited about that. And uh, I guess to start it off, let's uh, get into what happened last season. Um Matt, you kind of had uh, this idea of how you wanted to start this off. So, yeah. yeah so, yeah. Uh... So, the, the, so uh, eight teams make the playoffs from 16 teams, 16 teams in the regular season. I don't remember exactly all the eight teams that made the playoffs. Uh, you know, Geelong, Melbourne, um, Port Adelaide, um, Brisbane. Port, yeah. Brisbane. Uh, Western, Sydney, GSW, Essendon. There you go. And And the final four was uh, Melbourne, Geelong, uh, the dogs. Um, and then who was the other, who was the fourth one? Essendon. Say, who'd you, you say? Who was the final four? Port Adelaide. Was the Port first. Adelaide. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so, so we've then, actually got, go ahead, Jasper. So I was going to say, we've actually got 18 teams here. So it's quite oh, a big 18. league and it's not, we're a bit different from the major sporting codes in the US. We don't have divisions. So all the teams play each other throughout the regular season. And then we have the playoffs, but we call them the finals here. And then that's our Super Bowl equivalent at the end is the grand final. And that was contested by the Western Bulldogs and Melbourne. And uh, Melbourne had actually been starved of success for quite a long time. They hadn't won a premiership dating back, I think, to 1960, early 60s. Don't quote me on the exact year, but they're a club that were perennially terrible. So everyone who was a neutral fan was just so happy to see them get up because they've just been, oh, it's probably the equivalent of the Jacksonville Jaguars winning the Super Bowl or something. It's just kind of everyone would just love to say it because they're just terrible. <laughs> but well, they're a historic team. They've been around since the 1850s, just like all the other historical mm. teams, right? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So you touched on a good point there that Australian rules football has been, it goes back a long time, but in terms of it being like a national code where there are teams from lots of different states, that's relatively recent. So it wasn't until I think the 80s or so that mm-hmm. um, teams started sort of started moving and expanding into state. So we had the VFL, which was the Victorian Football League before that, and then there were sort of state leagues. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of, it's an interesting one because like you say, you're absolutely right. Melbourne and Carlton, Collingwood, a lot of these teams have really long histories. Then there are some that were literally founded 10 years ago, like Gold Mm -hmm. Coast and the Greater Western Sydney Giants. So it's, it's really interesting because I think the neutral fans, there's, as there is in lots of sport, there's a real reverence about history, I think in, in Aussie rules football. And, and when there's a team that has been so bad for so long, everyone loves to see them get up. And ironically, the Western Bulldogs who the, demons defeated in last year's grand final were that team for a while uh, and they were they were terrible for a long time and then finally won in 2016 so uh yeah we, we we have a lot of really old teams here it's a very historic game pretty interesting so yeah so uh who who do you i know so Ed and neil cheer for collingwood and neil tell a little bit about how you got into the sport if you don't mind please 
No, of course. Um, so when I was uh, in grammar school, uh, about third or fourth grade, we had a gym teacher who introduced the sport to us. Um, and actually, for tonight, I did a little research and I found this little clipping from a book that was actually written about um, just different sports and, and how they're received globally and stuff. And there was a paragraph in here actually about my gym teacher. So if you don't mind, it's real short. I'll just read it basically explains everything. But um, it says in 1995, Nick Garifalakis reported on the efforts of a teacher in Chicago's Western suburbs to develop the game of Australian rules football. He was Jeff Norris, a history and physical education teacher at Kamarik School on the shores of Lake Michigan. He was first exposed to Australian football 10 years earlier when watching a game between Collingwood and Hawthorne on cable TV. Using the videotapes in a book by U.S.-based author Peter Mattern called Australian Rules, The Complete Guide, Norris set out to introduce the game to his students. Carlton and Richmond offered assistance, and he organized a summer camp, which was attended by 150 students and continued evangelizing the game at Illinois State Sport Convention the next year. As its success continued, by 1997, 25 Kamark High School girls and boys visited Australia at the hosting of Ivanhoe Grammar, which was me. That was We were that trip. Uh, Mark Neald, a former Richmond player, is a teacher there and continues his support for the Chicago Ensemble. The visitors entertained patrons at halftime during the Geelong-Richmond game in that season, and the Australian sponsors continue to exchange audio and videotapes to the Americans uh, to help educate uh, thousands of Americans uh, in doing so. So, um, so yeah, he introduced the game to us. Uh, we, we had a trip to Australia. We played against a bunch of uh, different schools. And ever since then, I've just been a fan. And usually when I talk to people, they kind of just ignore me or, or hit the snooze button because <laughs> they either think it's rugby or they're just like, ah, I, I just want to watch football or basketball. But um, luckily, the bench warmers and the, the gentlemen here um, listened to me when I was talking to them about it. And um, it's just nice to have a, a brotherhood now to talk about, not just me in a padded room by myself. Yeah. <laughs> So I think when it comes to when it comes to getting into it, I think there's probably three different levels of people who've gotten into it. And I think that kind of is typified by the three of us here because I dove into it headfirst and watch every single Geelong game. I've gone back and watched Geelong games from the 90s and from the 2000s and really gotten into it. I listened to like three or four different Geelong podcasts. So I'm kind of in it's kind of become a part of my blood i've been a member now of the team for my second year this year and so i'm kind of into it and then Ed, you're 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 into it but you're maybe not as like wacko as i'm getting into it no right? i'm not i'm 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 at a sane level <laughs> thank you um, thank you for that i like I, I watched every game and i would type like i would try to avoid all my spoilers throughout the day i try to watch it my son was born right around the time of the start of the season. So there were times where I was sitting there watching it live at 4 a.m. local time here. And I'm just like, yep, I'm up with him. So let's watch this. Um, and then there was other times where, you know, you got to avoid Twitter all day, every day until mm -hmm. you can sit down and watch it. And then Neil and I would basically just message each other back and forth. Like, what is this BS? And <laughs> why did they blow the game? In the right. Last like, what the how do you only put <laughs> up 57 again. points? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, yeah. And then Marcus, um, you're kind of you're you're on the periphery, you're enjoying it, but you're not as dug in as we are. Right. Right. And, and, um, you know, for those of you that are like, Oh, how, you know, what team did you root for? Well, Neil was kind enough to basically put together a questionnaire of mm -hmm. sorts and gave it to all of us. And based on our answers, he gave us like choices for teams to, to follow, which is such a cool thing to do. And like, I, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And then on top of that, Neil sent uh, sent us some a little bit of uh, stuff for each of us that 
uh, with the team we picked, like you can't see it cause it's on my laptop, but I got my, uh, West coast Eagles sticker, uh, on my laptop here and I am enjoying it. And then part of the reason why I didn't dive in as much as you guys did was I was coaching, you know, football mm, here right, in week. that spring season. Yeah. We had that weird spring season because of COVID. So I wasn't able to dive in fully, but I'm looking forward to now that I will actually have this spring off that I get to enjoy it since apparently we're not going to have baseball maybe. Right. Mm, yeah. right. <laughs> right. No, and I, I do want to thank Neil. Uh, you can't really see it here, but my, my, uh, my Collingwood scarf there for my scarf collection to go with my nice Liverpool one there. Um, I had to take down my Bairn to put up the Collingwood. Sorry, Matt. Um, but yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so th- this has been so, so much fun to, to dive in. And like I said, we've all dove into different degree in different degrees to it, but um, what a, what an awesome game. And it's so fun to watch. And like, I feel like when I understand it and I feel like anybody who's listening, if you're thinking about getting into it, watch it. And I think you can watch it without knowing exactly what's going on and still be entertained by it. But I'm excited to get there because I'm there with football. Like I love the intricacies of football and then that's why I coach it. And I want to get the intricacies of this because I it's understanding the strategy of it is something that I look forward to getting into. Um, Well, one, one thing that actually helped me a lot to get really into it as much as I did was again, um, Neil gave us teams and suggested teams. Like if I went in blind and didn't care who, who, what, where, um, like I probably wouldn't be in it as much as I, as I am. But the fact that I, you know, had a team, had somebody else to talk to about it, um, that really helped push my interest. And then once watching the game, I'm, I think Dan said it once is like, this is honestly probably the most entertaining sport he's ever seen. Yeah. I, that's, is, that's what I'm missing is someone to talk about my team with. So. <laughs> Sad, we man. have room so, over here, Matt. I'm just saying. No, 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 no. Geelong is where it's at. <laughs> so, Jasper, you told us about where you're, where you are now, and what you're doing now. So, uh, so I mean, you seem like you're how old? Like your 20s? And you 24? Yeah. So then, uh, so you um, tell us about where you're from and the team that you historically cheered for. I know you probably as a sports reporter don't have a fandom, but secretly you really are a Geelong fan. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, um, no, I, th- I think uh, you'd be surprised. I think sports journal, I don't know what it's like over in the US, but sports journals here definitely have their favorites. I mean, it oh, really? doesn't come into my That's not in the well, States. You're supposed to be totally like, oh, yeah. you know, is, yeah. is that right? Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, you got it. You got to be impartial, impartial because you're appealing yeah. to a national audience. So. Unless you're Stephen A. Right. Smith and then you just, <laughs> <laughs> unless well, you're trying to kiss somebody's ass specifically. Yeah. 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 Um, well, I don't know. Look, I, I make no apologies for the fact that I'm a car. Carlton supporter, uh, but there's, you know, it, it's quite difficult to spin them to make them look like a good team at the moment because they <laughs> had a lot of problems for the last decade or so. No, as in, I mean, I have a team and my support of, of Australian rules football and rugby league are the reasons that I became a sports journalist. So I think mm-hmm. it'd be kind of a bit foolish to be apologetic about that now, I guess. Like I can't just abandon my teams because I'm a I'm working as a journalist, I suppose, is what I'm trying to say. But um, yeah, no, so I, I am born and bred in Sydney. And as you guys might know, you may or may not know, there are two teams in Sydney, the Sydney Swans and the Greater Western Sydney Giants. But the reason I'm a Carlton supporter is that my dad grew up in Victoria. And of the 18 teams, 10 of them are based in Victoria. It's kind of where AFL sort of germinated from. Um, and he's a diehard Carlton fan and always has been. So I Which is generally really Victoria apply. is like the sporting. It's like when you think of sports in Australia, the Victoria, Melbourne area is 
where that's kind of like the center, right? The capital of sports. I mean, that's um, where the uh, Australian Open is. Yeah, like I think to be honest, Melbourne is kind of it's the city where things probably happen the most in every like it's it's the artiest city. It's the best probably for live music. It's it's sort of a happening place, I guess you could say, more than Sydney. Sydney's great. There's stuff going on here and there's beaches and stuff, but Melbourne for sure has more culture, I guess, is the stereotype. Um, but yeah, like like you said, the Australian Open's in Melbourne. The when we have Test cricket, the most hyped up Test is the one that's in Melbourne. And there are particularly for Australian rules football. Like I said, rugby league is our other major sporting code here. Rugby league is really popular in Sydney and Brisbane. Are the, it's probably the, the game of choice there. But in Adelaide, Perth, and Melbourne, Hobart and Darwin, some of the smaller cities as well. That's where Australian rules football is the game of choice. So, um, yeah, and also, like I said before, the, uh, the AFL sort of germinated out of the VFL, which was the Victorian Football League, and a lot of that current AFL clubs were the teams that were in the Victorian Football League going back um, mm-hmm. you know, over 100 years. So, so yeah, my, my dad was a big Carlton fan back when Carlton was good, <laughs> and that's uh, uh, quite, quite a long time ago. Their last premiership was two years before I was born, so that gives you something of an idea. <laughs> they do have <laughs> the up. most, though, all time, right? 16, tied with yeah. Essendon. Title lesson in exactly so they're, they're a club that's because they only really started rich. they only started when the vfl started if you went back to the 1850s and there'd be a different team <laughs> well <laughs> yeah carlton's been in it since then yeah so they <laughs> they um they've got, got a lot of a proud history and you know i don't know if we're going to get into the the sort of narratives around each of the clubs but that's kind nah. of part of the reason with carlton's frustration yeah part of the reason with carlton's frustration of why they haven't been good for very long is that they're accustomed to accustomed to success you know, it'd be kind of like, I guess, if the New England Patriots suddenly were terrible, it'd, everyone would be like, what's going on? Come on, like, lift your game a bit. Yeah, it's very high standards. I don't know that historically the New England Patriots are the ones you want to go with. Maybe. <laughs> okay. Well, they're good currently, I guess. That's what yeah, I mean. that's a good point. Yeah. All right, well, let's get into the part. Uh, Marcus, you had said that the second phase that we're going to talk about is going to talk about some, like, newbie intro to the rules and intro to the strategies, and then maybe get into a little more complexity of the strategies kind of a deal. So, um, did you have like a noob? You said you had a noob question. So did you, I, no, uh, I, I, Eric, I, Eric has, I got, the, has okay. the noob questions. Not um, even noob questions, just more just like, you know, somebody trying to join the league, like who, like the history of it, I guess. Yeah, go, uh, Eric, floor well, is yours. So here, I mean, my, let's start with this first one. So like there's teams, players and things like that. So I'm, the first one's like the New York Yankees type thing. Who is probably one of the most, hated i guess i guess i say that with the yankees because i feel like either you love the yankees or you absolutely hate them there's like no in between so who would you say would be that team that is collingwood hands down and i don't just say because i'm a carlton supporter carlton and collingwood is the big rivalry that walking into that question you know i did not i did not (laughs) because they're kind of like the cowboys yeah yeah, it's a team everyone loves to hate. It's a team everyone jokes that Collingwood supporters don't have their front teeth or like they like get in like fights on the way to the stadium and they're just <laughs> idiots. It's kind of a joke. But it's kind of been backed up by the fact that Collingwood has actually been really good most of the time. Like they have kind of had sustained, sustained success, at least in modern times. So, you know, as much as people laugh at them, it's kind of like, I mean, they're good though. So maybe, maybe shut up. But they're actually... At the moment, they're in a bit of a rebuild. So everyone's got a lot more ammunition to pile on to Collingwood right now. Yeah. Yeah. I picked a heck of a time to join. Yeah. Right. And with Eddie <laughs> McGuire exiting too, I mean, it's been a kind of a tumultuous uh, two years or so. Yeah. 
Absolutely. He was sort of the uh, the Jerry Jones of Collingwood, and he he stepped down. So. Well, then I uh, that's that's that'd be Eric's dream. Yeah, that would be. A yeah, good if thing Jerry Jones would yeah. leave, oh, this is. I'll deal with the rebuild. <laughs> All right. So next would be. Um. So, I feel like a lot of people might compare AFL to like a your European football soccer leagues, um, where a lot of like in the EPL and like the Bundesliga things like that there's not really an even playing field. So when you go into a season, you know, certain teams just have zero shot and never will have a shot just based on budget reasons. So is it similar to that? Or is it more like, you know, the, the American sports where kind of almost everybody has a shot every year. Yeah. It's an interesting point you make. We have in most of our major sporting codes here, at least with all our football codes, we have what's called a salary cap. I don't know if you guys have that in yeah. your leagues yeah so basically it means that there's x amount of dollars that can be spent on your team and it can't be any more than that australian sports are not as highly paid it's not 10 million dollar contracts every year for everyone who's any good the guys who are really good are probably on about a million a year that's if you're amazing so and that's also quite a new thing um you're going back to even when i was in high school 10 years ago players who are really good were still we're making six figures but you know, they're not set for life. They're not, you know, rolling in it. Um, so, no, it's, it's not really um, like that in terms of the cashed-up team wins. And also, too, I think Aussie rules is a, is a good game, especially for that, because I'd like to think it's called what's called a weak link game. And I don't know if you guys know this terminology or whatever, but essentially it's the idea that on a strong link game like basketball, if you have an amazing point guard, you're going to win the game because this guy is like the orchestrator that's going to set you up for success. But in Australian rules football, we don't really have that. You, know, if you might have an amazing star player, but at the end of the day, they're not going to win you the game just on their own. Um, it's more like soccer in that way that you kind of need everyone to be pitching in. And I think that favours probably um, this idea that it can be anyone's game. We have a draft. So, so play, players, uh, teams that are struggling tend to get high draft picks and because you can't just get one amazing player in and he's going to save the day, it kind of means that it is a bit more of a level playing field and it kind of encourages developing talent, developing your team and your team's cohesion. So, yeah, I'd say by and large, it's anyone's game. But having said that, I think the fact that it is a weak link game, that it does require cohesion as a team, it takes a while for teams sometimes to build from the ground up that have struggled historically. Definitely. So, so like, yeah, my they main do have point a minor was, league team, though. Sorry, they have, do have a minor league team that guys come up through the VFL, right? Absolutely, yeah. yes. So, so that I, depends on the VFL is for the Victorian yeah. clubs, and then the Sandfall and Warfall for South Australia and Western Australia. But yeah, you're absolutely right. We don't have this is another big distinction. We don't have like a college sports program in Australia. Like, you don't get a scholarship to go to Sydney University and then you get picked up for the Sydney Swans. It doesn't really work that way. The way guys make a goal of it is that they get signed to, yeah, like a VFL, like a reserves team that's affiliated with a club. And then they might get elevated to the senior list after kind of working hard for a couple of years. Uh, but that, that's kind of the, the most typical way. Um, or they get drafted and then they spend a bit of time on the sidelines and in the reserves. Yeah. Yeah. So like, like I said before, like the EPL, like where there's like a Liverpool and Manchester City, teams like that, it, there's no salary cap. They spend what they want, when they want. So you see these younger guys that come up um, that have a ton of potential and they know it. And then they're immediately scooped up by your Liverpools and your Manchesters and, you know, your, your Chelsea's and Arsenal's. Mm. Um, 
So that brings me to like a more generic question, I guess, is for somebody who doesn't know, one of the biggest things that always is tossed around in American sports, whether it's the NBA, the NHL, baseball, who is the AFL's Wayne Gretzky, Babe Ruth, Michael Jordan, Tom Brady? Ooh, okay. Let me start with Tom Brady because that's the current superstar player. Let me have a think. If we're talking about someone who's currently playing that is kind of seen as a bit of a master, I'm going to probably go with Nat Fire for Fremantle. He's kind of maybe not like Brady in that he might not be at the top of his game right now, but he's won two Brownlow medals, which is, I don't know if you guys have like an individual top honor for the best the MVP gets. He's won that twice. And to win it once in your career is very rare. And he's won it twice. So he's probably in terms of like a current player, I'd say he's right up there. Um, there are a couple of guys probably that had better individual seasons last year than what he did. Uh, guys like you know, P- Christian Petrarca, Marcus Bontempelli, but those guys are sort of um, right still towards the start of their careers. Whereas Nat Fife, he's, you know, he's not going to retire in the next couple of years, but he's definitely more of a, getting into that veteran status now for sure. Um, in terms of like a Babe Ruth, like an all-time legend, it really, it really depends, I think, on positions. So in Australian rules football, the positions are all very different. Like you can be an amazing player, and only kick a handful of goals in your in your career, right? So when we talk about the all-time great guys that have kicked a lot of goals, you've got guys like Tony Lockett is the all-time goal scorer who played for Sydney and St Kilda. He's kind of revered as like, oh, like that he's the he's the goat in terms of kicking goals. We've got a guy who's currently playing called Lance Franklin, who's about to reach his a thousandth goal in his career, which is a huge deal. He's kind of he's right up there in that talk as well in terms of the all-time best goal scorers. When we talk about the best midfielders, um, there was a guy who retired quite recently called Gary Ablett, who Matt may have heard of. He was a Just he was a, a legend bit. for the yeah. Geelong Football Club. <laughs> um, he he was basically their mastermind in the middle, their sort of midfielder. If we're talking about greatest players in the modern era, he's he's right up there for sure. Uh, yeah, so I guess it's it's probably quite a convoluted answer to that question, but I guess we don't have the t- the sort of you know star quarterback equivalent or star point guard or star pitcher. There's not like a one position like that that all the great guys probably play in that position. I guess there are legends scattered throughout the team. Um, sure. Yeah. Well, and uh, Gary's dad is one of my favorite players of all time, Gary Ablett Sr. Uh, from Geelong. Mm. And then also uh, when I was growing up learning about the sport, Wayne Carey was sort of like the guy um, before North North Melbourne kind of took a dive, but I mean, he was just <laughs> lights out. Yeah, yeah. And Wayne Carey is one of those big, big forwards. And the reason we, we really like the full forwards, like I said, Tony Lockett, Lance Franklin, they're often the really big guys. So like six foot six, 110 kilos, kick for days, like bumping dudes out of the way they're like the huge like the adonises and wayne carey was one of those guys for sure have you had much of a look at just as a bit of a sidetrack uh gary ablett senior's uh social media presence and some of his okay, no his but wait you bringing it up i'm i i can see where it's going why what happened <laughs> it's got so like, I'll, i won't get into it too much but there's an article that i wrote a little while ago about his ideas about coronavirus when it was all happening oh, and he had some he interesting thoughts oh. yes interesting <laughs> thoughts i won't go into i won't say anything more than that uh but well if yeah, it's any if it's any indication of what he used to do with his hair and how it how he let it you know <laughs> lie then it, it makes sense if it's something negative so 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 he's the john stockton right now oh geez yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to get into that so i got just one last follow-up is going to be like 
Mm-hmm. So with those are like your legends and things like that. And so next is going to be who is have there been divas? Have there been like a Terrell Owens or a, you know, just one of those out there guys who, mm. you know, garner all the attention and want it to be about them. Are we talking about on the field or off field controversies? Probably both. Like, cause okay. T.O. was one of those guys that had mixed things. Okay. Well, yes, uh, there definitely have been. I'll get to on-field stuff. Uh, the way that Australian rules football works is that it's a man-to-man sport. So essentially your job, if you're a defender, to make sure this one dude doesn't get the ball. And your job, if you're a forward, is to make sure you do get the ball and you escape your guy that's trying to mark you. So because that happens, it's a game that really lends itself to getting up in your opposition man's face. And we call it niggle in Australia, like just kind of, what are you doing, mate? Oh, how are you going? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, what are you doing? Oh, what's over there? Like that kind of thing. That, that's very classic and classic just like bumping into him the whole time. So dudes that do that really well tend to make a sort of a name for themselves on the field. So there's a guy currently playing for the Giants called Toby Green, who's we, – we have people of all all heights in, in Australian football. The shortest guys are probably like 5'8", five, 5'9", five, maybe, and then the tallest guys are getting into almost seven feet tall. Toby Green is towards the shorter end. He's a small forward. He's fantastic as a player, but he's really well known for losing his cool on the field and just taking things a bit too far in terms of trying to psych the other bloke out. So he got in heaps of trouble towards the end of, well, it was actually in one of the finals games last year where he accidentally bumped into the umpire as he was going up to try and complain about something. And that's a big no-no in Australian rules football. You don't touch the umpire, even talking sternly at them. That's not really a thing. So he's going to miss a whole bunch of games at the start of this year. I think it's like five games. I don't remember the exact oh, wow. number. Five. He's missing some games at the start of this year because he bumped into the umpire. And as a sports journalist, this was basically one of the stories that I covered. Like everything that happened to do with this for about two weeks <laughs> was right across my desk. Um, so he's definitely, you have a, that sort of pedigree of small forwards that kind of get in people's faces. A guy called Hayden Valentine going back a few years, probably 10 years now for Fremantle was a bit like that as well. There is a page on Facebook. I think it's still active called Hayden Valentine is a dickhead. And it's all people just <laughs> hating on this guy. <laughs> and it's, I think the photo of it is, I don't know what the cover photo is. I think is a player like, clocking him and the photographer has taken it just as it's kind of hitting Hayden Valentine. It's really funny. Um, Also too, I think um, we're talking about big sort of powerful guys. There are a few dudes going back a few years now uh, that were the big dudes who are like the big intimidating figures that are getting people's faces and kind of be like the hitman. There's a bloke called Barry Hall who played for the Sydney Swans who first AFL game I ever went to as a kid was when I actually went down the history of this game because Barry Hall punched a dude in the, fa- in the face off the ball, like literally for no reason. And he got in huge trouble. So he basically turned around and went like, bam, straight into this dude's head and knocked him out, which is obviously not good. Um, which is so funny because as like, you're standing up, it's like a rule that you have to smack a guy with an elbow as you're standing up. That's just kind of like, so mm. like, <laughs> it's, it's very, it's very much in terms of like, it's a physical game, people dropping shoulders all the time and kind of that sort of thing, nudging all that. But when this guy like fully punched his, his rival player, it was, it was kind of that punch was felt throughout the code. I think it was, it was a big moment and guys like that sort of Barry Hall, definitely. If we talk about divas and sort of hotheads on the field, he's definitely one of those guys. Yeah. Um, so going, uh, I got, I have something now that I can add to this conversation. Um, Speaking of the physicality of the game, um, 
you know, do do scraps like that happen? Obviously, not somebody just cold cocking somebody, but the fact that it is such a physical game, and mm. like as somebody who coaches football, like it's just one of those things that you know things are going to get heated because you're just constantly and you're talking about okay, you're you're marking somebody up and you gotta you gotta take this guy away. How often does it become maybe more than the game or like? It, is it is it common for there to be kind of a pull apart, I guess, between guys during games? Yeah, it's a good question. Yes, I would say is the short answer. That is common. Um, people actually throwing punches, very rare. That, that doesn't happen. A lot of shirt grabbing, a lot of sort of like, yeah, just sort of grabbing a guy by the shoulders and kind of getting in his face like that. There were a couple of bad ones last year. There was a player at my club, Carlton, who... Um, off the ball, dragged a dude from like it was on the sidelines from the grass onto the artificial grass, which is harder and smacked his head into the turf, which was pretty bad. Things like that tend to sometimes happen. I think as well, because it's a man on man game, like you're marking one guy, um, getting in his face as part of your job description. But I think as well, the way that the ball is contested as well, like it's maybe four guys going up for the same ball. So, you know, you can fall in awkward positions or you can bump a guy, probably you maybe even didn't even mean to bump him a bit hard or or things like that, which I think can sort of um, set people off. So because it is a bit like that and because you're off, you're off the ball with your guy, just stuffing around with him and trying to get in his face. Yeah. I I think things become a bit heated uh, once a week. I would say there, there's some sort of, at least, you know, there's some sort of like, even if it's a quarter time, like some sort of like, what are you doing? Like some sort of intense confrontation. Um, yeah. Once a week, I would say easily. Yeah. Cause, cause like as uh, for American football, it's, it's so funny because the, the worst place that you never want to be is at the bottom of a pile mm-hmm. because at yeah. the bottom <laughs> of a pile is just, there's all sorts of stuff happening underneath there. So it's just interesting because um, you know, when you're, when you're, there's no pads and there's the chance of knocking heads and getting tangled mm. all that stuff. I just find, I, I love the physical part of all sports. It's I, I love it. And so it's, I I've really enjoyed watching it, uh, you know, f- you know, from the limited knowledge that I have. So yeah. Awesome. Love it. Yeah. I feel like Marcus would be one of those, those guys that, uh, you know, oh, yeah. before five, the ball eight. comes to them, you're just, yeah, you're hitting people with your shoulder, kind of jostle them a little bit. I, I know what to, I'd know what to say. <laughs> Did you right, have any more, random, any more of those questions? I had a maybe? random question. Actually, I never even mm-hmm. thought about looking up, but thinking about the AFL and, and everyone's salaries, because like you said, I think Christian Petraka might have had like the biggest contract maybe of the whole league, which is around a million, which, you know, around mm-hmm. here, you know, football players, even like the punter is almost making a million dollars. So um, I was curious if like, and I never actually researched this. Do a lot of the AFL players or maybe even the VFL players who are kind of working their way up, is it like the old days in baseball here where they're also working a second job and they're doing the AFL on the side or are they, are these guys mostly full on AFL and that's what they're living off of is that money that they're getting paid? That's a good question. Yeah. Basically if you've been drafted to an AFL club, you're on a, a living salary. I'm not sure exactly the terms of that. It's kind of not something that's a matter of public knowledge all the time. Like you hear in the NFL, oh, he signed like a, a four-year, $64 million contract kind of thing. That's quite a, a, a known, like a publicly known thing, people's salary. Not as much in the Aussie rules, particularly with the younger guys. But yeah, if, you're, if you've been drafted to a team and even if you're playing BFL, you're still earning a living salary. 
Okay. Um, people did take pay cuts towards the start of the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, if you might have heard of it, um, uh, towards the start of that in early 2020. Um, yeah, what's that? Yeah, um, Guys were taking pay cuts. And I'm not sure if maybe the guys who uh, were you know, already kind of not on a huge salary maybe did work other jobs. I know that in cricket, for instance, that was a thing here. I don't really think it would have been much much of a thing in the AFL because it didn't stop for for you know it's not for a few months so no i would say that everyone who's been drafted by an afl team is on a living salary yeah definitely i just googled yeah. it and according to this website uh statista.com i don't know much about that website but it says mm. that the average in 2018 the average first team pay for australian league football players of richmond so it's just one team was 263 US dollars. 263,000 US dollars. Yeah. Okay. For the Sorry. I was like, yeah, what yeah. are they doing? Because for? it looks weird <laughs> like, because it says, it says it says points instead of the comma. So I didn't. Yeah. So that's, that stuff. is definitely a living wage. Yeah. That's a, oh, I mean, yeah. you're making 200. That you're good. Even you a rookie is probably quarters. making 100,000 or something. Yeah. Don't quote me on it. But yeah, it was either in the, I was reading a while ago in the rugby league or the, Australian rules football guys who are on an entry level salary, I think are on about 90,000 to $100,000 mm-hmm. a year, yeah. which in US dollars is probably about 80 grand, I would say. Um, maybe yeah. a bit less. Yeah. So and, then, um, um, oh, go ahead, Eric. No, mine was just going to be a stupid question. What's wrong with uh, uh, Brody Grundy or, yeah, with Grundy? Because, you know, I'm <laughs> devastated that he shows up sometimes and not all the time. Oh. Yeah, well, he's a, he's a really big guy for people who might not know Brody Grundy. He's a really big ruckman, tall dude, and those guys can often be plagued by injuries. So he's signed to a really big contract and hasn't always been able to play 24 games a season. So it's a really big risk signing anyone to a long, long-term long uh, big money contract. But someone like that whose body might give them grief or who, who might mean that they can't play all the time, it's a big gamble. And that's one that Collingwood took and... You know, he's obviously a great player when he's on, but sometimes he's injured. So it's not good. Feels like he's more worried about his hairstyle than anything. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. So I have a question about like the, the teams and the ownership structure. So like in US, all but one of the NFL teams is owned by a private company or a, an individual. In the EPL, they're all individually owned. But like in the Bundesliga, there's the you know the 50 plus one rule, which means that 50 plus one percent of the team needs to be owned by the community or by the fans hmm. how, how is the ownership structure of these teams because it seems like i just you know because i listen to a lot of geelong stuff i hear a lot about geelong and i near never hear anything about an owner or about the structure of the organization i just hear hmm. about so how, do, how does that work in at the afl i'm actually super not, not super across that to be honest it's not something that's a huge topic of discussion in in terms of professional sport in Australia, like you don't go, you know, the camera doesn't cut to, oh, that's this guy. He, oh, he's the team owner. It's kind of not really revered like it is in the States. So I'm actually probably, I can't really answer that. I'm afraid I haven't oh, really? done my due diligence. I'm not yeah, sure. I know the- uh, sounds like a dream. There you go. <laughs> I don't have to hear about another freaking owner. Well, it sounds like, well, because like in, I know with Geelong, they'll often show the the team president who's a former player from mm. the eighties. And they'll, they'll talk about like the, the front office is another two other guys that were players in the one in the seventies yeah. and one in the nineties. So it's like, so I, I just assume like, Oh, okay. Well maybe they're just like a publicly traded company or like a locally owned thing and not like, 
you know, because they don't seem like, but the the stadiums are huge, you know. I mean, but yeah. then again, they also have a weird way of doing it. Like for instance, um, even though like some teams will play some of their home games at different stadiums and stuff, like Geelong gets abused every year by having to play two games in Melbourne. So, oh, yeah, uh, something I will say on that is that every team has, like you say, a club president or a board of like a board of directors that kind of makes the decision. So if we're talking about like the, the running of the company and the financial decisions and things like that, that's not left to like one owner. That's something that the president and the board will, will decide on. And like you said, the president is often a prominent identity within that company, within, within that club. So maybe an ex player, maybe an ex coach, maybe just someone who has been around football for a long time. And I will say as well, I'm not sure what it's like in the NFL or in um, just American sports generally, teams don't own their stadiums in Australia. So Marvel Stadium, which is one of the big ones in Melbourne, is, is does happen to be owned by the AFL. But for instance, um, the Sydney Swans play at the Sydney Cricket Ground. That's not owned by the Swans. That's its own thing. Uh, it's it's lots of different sporting leagues play there. They all share it. It's not like no an one even team giant stadium. stadium. Sorry? I know one team who owns their stadium. <laughs> well, Giant Stadium, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, there are exceptions, but Giant Stadium even is called Giant Stadium and it's not owned by the Greater Western Sydney Giants. For, I don't think, anyway. Um, None of, like, the, for instance, this, the city I'm in, Buffalo, it, it's they lease their stadium. So right. their lease is ending, and when the lease is up, they're like, well, you got to lease it again. It's like somebody else is going to step in and, and use it. Yeah, or, exactly. you know what I mean? It's covered <laughs> in their logo. It's everything. It's their stadium, but it's do? not. Yeah, but yeah, it's right. weird. It's owned by that like a city possible. kind of like an organization. Yeah, the county, the county that yeah. we're in owns the metro- it. And, metropolitan yeah. sports uh, um, facilities. That's why. Well, that that was a big thing, especially when COVID hit was they're like, oh, well, you need to be vaccinated or you have to wear a mask to get in. And they're like, no, you don't, you can't tell us what to do. And like, no, it's a county bone building like the county, yeah. the state government right. owns it. So they can tell you that you need to do that. So people yeah. didn't understand that part of it. That's how it is here in Chicago, too. I mean, we have the Soldier Field is owned by the Chicago Park District. The That's one of the reasons that the uh, the grass uh, in Soldier Field is just absolutely terrible and people get injured all the time. Um, and yeah, so they're they're kind of they don't even own the, the stadium and it's the smallest stadium in the league. Um, and it's one of the, you know, the benchmark franchises, too. But um, that's why there's like a big argument now of trying to see if they should move to Arlington Heights and kind of build their own whatever you want to call it, Dallas Cowboy land or what the chiefs have in Kansas city with uh, restaurants and, and, or green Bay, same thing. So um, I think that's interesting. And then one thing, speaking about presidents, I think that listeners might find interesting is the team president of the Richmond tigers uh, is American born. She's a dual citizen and she's the only female owner or president oh, in the league, but she was a lawyer that. in America, went to Australia to work and then fell in love with the team. And now she runs it. So it's pretty cool. I learned that Maybe watching that show on yeah. Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what show on Amazon? One. It's- Oh, you, making the mark. Yeah, you, 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 you haven't, seen, haven't seen that. No, what's it called? Oh, you. I think it's making <laughs> the or making their mark. It's really making good, them. and it's oh, really it good. It, I haven't watched um, Drive to Survive or the F one one, but it's kind of it could get you into the sport. I think like it pretty much explains everything. You don't really need to know much about it's. It's like game. hard. It's like hard knocks, except they kind of cover more than they cover more than one team doing it. Yeah, so it's, ah. for listeners, it's on Amazon Prime if you have that, making their mark, and it covers, yeah, four teams during the, the first COVID season um, with lockdowns, things like that, but it kind of gives a nice uh, in, informational background on different teams and, and how the inner workings uh, are and how the coaches talk to the players. Um, the team Marcus follows, West Coast Eagles were there, and kind of their uh, some of the turmoils of Nick Natanui, and he's sort of the ruck, one of their ruckmen, or he's a forward now, or I know he was a ruckman for a while, but... 
Um, Ruckman, yeah, yeah. Ruckman, yeah. And so he's he's kind of one of their stars and just sort of the there's a great episode about him getting trash talk on social media and then going to the game and and seeing the guy who did it and kind of giving him the business. So good stuff like that. Um and there's there's that super old dude from Carlton. Yeah. Uh, what's his I forgot, I forgot his name. Uh, Eddie Betts. That's Eddie Betts. Yes. Don't um, knock Eddie Betts. In my <laughs> <laughs> He's one of the best of all time. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I'm curious too, like, so people who are listening now, I don't know how many people don't know what the Benchformers footy fanatics group is, but um, you guys can talk about it, but basically you already said at the top, like, you know, if you're maybe interested in the sport, check out some videos on YouTube, but um, you know, we all kind of hang out and watch the games and stuff, uh, but it's a great sport to follow. So I'm curious, like, should we just mention some of the team names to see if that connects with anyone and, or maybe just like a one, one or two words about how to describe them. I suppose just if anyone's like, I want a team that's, you know, really tough and fights a lot. I don't care if they win, but I want it to be tough. That kind of thing. Sure. Here, how about I'll go down the list here and then um, Jasper, if you want to just give just a quick, quick little, a quick, yeah, that, you know, <laughs> everyone loves it. I give a rundown. All right, so let's start with uh, your your defending champion, uh, the the Melbourne. We I mean, talked the about them enough. Nobody cares well, just, about just, Melbourne. Just, just, hey, hey, listen, give Dan their minute. We got to appeal to everybody because you know there are going to be people that are going to watch this. And they're going to go, oh, they won the championship, or they're going to listen to this and go, oh, they won the championship. Well, let's go. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, exactly. well, you know, be, Dan, Dan, them. Dan will get all bent out of shape when he listens to this, and we didn't mention the D's. So let's, well, yeah, yeah. I, just before we get started, the Jasper, just so you know, so Dan is a Minnesota fan, and Minnesota famously has not won anything except for two baseball championships. Otherwise, it's like been a desert of nothing for you know decades yeah. and decades. And I'm partially a Minnesota fan too, so I kind of so it's a so he his D's won or his demons won the the uh, uh, the the flag, right? It's not called a championship they call it a uh a, f- a pennant Spot on yeah or a flag well right? they say you win the premiership and it's the premiership cup but like winning a flag is slang it's like yeah that's yeah, right so so the they won this last year so good on dan glad your team did good all right i blame i blame neil <laughs> <laughs> he's he got that he bought that cameo at the beginning of the year to kick off the season i did i actually, felt like yeah. i felt like that was and it was from somebody from the d's so yeah yeah, I feel I feel bad about that. I think it might have maybe I'll just buy one from Carlton then maybe I'll or not Carlton Collingwood. I don't know what I'm saying now. I'm like going insane. Yeah. All right. Um, so who Melbourne. Did buy, who did you buy? Oh, who can I just ask who did you buy a cameo of in Melbourne from Melbourne? Uh it was um oh geez, now I'm for forgetting off the top it wasn't of my head. Petraca? No, 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 well Petraca's not doing uh cameos, that's for sure. Um oh my god, I don't think he's on the Max team anymore. Or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let me. I, I'm like losing. I want to say it's Tom McDonald, but it's not Tom McDonald. So let me. Uh, I'll, I'll leave it with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Leave it with me here for a sec. Um, okay. The Demons. So, like you said, these guys won the premiership last year. They hadn't won since the 1960s when actually they were coached by the guy who the current MVP, grand final MVP medal is named after. That's how old it was. <laughs> That's how long ago they won. <laughs> that awesome. guy coached them. <laughs> so, we're going back years and years. They were terrible for a very long time. They, and, and just everything fell into place for them last season. They've got a fantastic crop of people. And I think one of the reasons people love AFL is that if you work with a bunch of guys and young guys and, and you get them working together, anything can happen. You don't need a super big star. You don't need someone that's won premierships before. So what I loved about the Demons was they had a couple of guys who have toiled away in terrible clubs for a long time. Guys like Max Gorn, their captain, who's a really tall guy with a bikey beard mm-hmm. and he's bald. He's 
a legend. Everyone loves him. He's one of the most popular players. And guys like Stephen May, who was their main defender, who was played for Gold Coast for years and years. He's in his early 30s. had never played in a finals game ever. And they make it to the grand final and they win convincingly. Mm-hmm. They had to do it away from home in Perth because of coronavirus. Every uh, Melbourne had, has sort of had a lot of the coronavirus in Australia because it's quite a densely populated city by Australian standards. Anyway, it meant that the league had to move out of Melbourne for the finals. So the Demons won in Perth. The first ever grand final played in Perth. It was a fantastic game. The Demons played their hearts out and really ran away and, and actually won quite easily in the end. They're a team with a lot of soul, I would say. They stand for, you know, like I said, they, they've built this team from, from the doldrums up. Um, yeah, I think heart is the right word to describe this club. There's, there's such a great story. And, uh, yeah, look, I think anyone picking a team now, you look at the Demons, even though they're the Premiers at the moment, and even though, you know, it's maybe a cop-out to pick the Premiers, they're, they're a team with, uh, I think, yeah, with a lot of soul. Yeah, and they were uh, established 1858. And then if anyone cares, their colors are navy, blue, and red, and they're the demons. Um, and then Jasper, it was Jake Melksham, Melksham who did the uh, the cameo. Uh, oh, who cool. didn't get too much playing time in the, the grand final, but uh, it was a nice video. All right, so we'll just go down the ladder here. Um, then we got Port Adelaide. Port Adelaide. Okay, so I'm just without giving everyone a crash course in Australian geography, the, the the AFL has 18 teams, 10 of them are based in Melbourne, and then there are four other cities that have two teams each. Port Adelaide is one of the two teams in Adelaide, capital of South Australia. And Adelaide and Perth, outside of Melbourne, are the two most AFL-obsessed cities in Australia. So teams in Adelaide and teams in Perth are always under the microscope. Everyone is obsessed with them. Everyone is obsessed with this sport in this team, in, in this city. So Port Adelaide have been quite good for a number of years. They haven't won a premiership since, I think, 2004. They made the 2007 grand final and got belted by Geelong. Uh, But Port Adelaide have been there or thereabouts for the last couple of years. They're coached by a guy called Ken Hinckley. And I think, once again, they will be in the discussion that they're probably going to make the top four and push for that premiership. They've got a lot of expectation on their shoulders coming from a city like Adelaide that's AFL-obsessed. And I think we're getting to the point now this season that if they can't at least make the grand final, because they haven't made the grand final in this current really strong era when they've always been competitive and always been finishing near the top of the table. If they can't make the grand final this year, people are going to start going, I don't know, guys, what's what's going wrong here? Because you've had a few chances and you've kind of thrown them away when it's come to the finals, to the playoffs of the season. They're a, they're a really exciting team to watch, though. There were stretches last year when they were probably the dominant team, if not one of... But I think they, oh yeah, they 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 burnt out and they didn't. Um, they essentially crashed in their last final, and they I think they lost to the Western Bulldogs. I want to say uh, to in what was a grand final qualifier. The finals last year, the Western Bulldogs had to travel around into a lot of different states to play games on the road. They didn't get a week's break like Port Adelaide did, so they came into this final against Port Adelaide really tired, and Port Adelaide completely got stage fright and folded. So another, another finals campaign where they do that, people are going to start going, don't know, guys, you're not living up to your potential here. Yeah, that was uh, Western Bulldogs trounced them in the, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was like 116 to 45 from yeah. look, looking at here. So Yeah, and the yeah. Port Adelaide is the power and their colors are black, white, and teal. They, they kind of remind me, for NFL, they kind of remind me of the Kansas City Chiefs, like rabid fan base, high-powered offense, uh, real exciting to watch. 
And then and same thing, they, they they got folded by the Bucks uh, in the Super Bowl, that kind of thing. So their logo is a lightning bolt. I mean, it's kind of cool. Kinda yeah, cool. they got it cool colors. Pretty cool. Yeah. I know you don't <laughs> like the lightning now. Is it is it better yeah. than a bird? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Doesn't seem right. Anyway, all right. Next let's one. go down. I guess to the next team who nobody really likes. Um, Geelong. Geelong, Matt's your team. Do you want yeah, to talk? About I can talk about Geelong. Yeah, you talk about. So the reason that uh, Neil sent gave me Geelong is because they're in the they're the southernmost uh, team, so they're the so they're the coldest uh, area of the country. So, uh, so anyway, and then um, and they had a long drought of no championships from the early '60s or mid '60s until they won in 2007, uh, and then they won 2007, 2009, 2011 three premierships in five years. Um, they have uh, historically some pretty awesome players like we talked about earlier. Um, right now, though, they are a, they've been in the top four, I think because they made the, uh, the grand final the year before and lost. And then they made the grand final two years before that and lost. And they're uh, a lot of their really, really good players like Dangerfield and Hawkins and, their core of their team are all getting to be over 300 games. They're all getting to be in their mid thirties and they're all getting to be. And a lot of people in my social media that are fans of them are getting really upset because they're doing almost nothing to get younger talent and bring it in. And so a lot of people think that this is going to be like a last dance kind of a deal that if they don't do it this season, all these unbelievably talented guys are 33 years old and don't have the legs to keep running up and down the field. So a lot of people are pissed. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely right. And it's, it's almost as well. I think we, we say, you know, we talk about in Australian sport premiership windows, like this is your window. It's open for X amount of years, do what you can with it. And it's a bit jarring almost. I think in the AFL where there's a draft system, most Australian sports, I think, I don't know if there is another major Australian sport that has a draft system. It's quite jarring when, when you have a team like Geelong, that's not really kind of going to the table and, and really replenishing with lots of young guys kind of going, no, 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 we can do it now. We can do it this year. It's like, all right, well, we'll go do it. Yeah. What's going <laughs> and on? Like you say, Matt. Yeah. There's a lot of expectation on their shoulders there, particularly. I think this year, like you say, Joel Selwood and Tom Hawkins were the two of their big, stars will be i think 34 at the end of this year and their contracts run out at the end of this year so this could be their last season and they're yep. a small town too they're not like they're i think they're the smallest town of all the i mean if you count the the suburbs around melbourne but geelong itself i mean adelaide perth sydney melbourne those are cities that everyone's heard of no one's ever mm. heard of geelong yeah it's, it's definitely its own city australia um the way we sort of measure cities is probably a bit different from you guys like what we would consider Sydney, I mean, I'm in Sydney now and you could go 50 kilometers west and you'd still technically be in Sydney. So we kind of have quite a, a broad def definition, I guess, of what you would consider a city. But you're, you're absolutely right that, yeah, Geelong is its own sort of regional, big regional town, really. It's mm -hmm. got um, a lot less people like Adelaide, Sydney, Melbourne, all these are over a million people. Geelong is not even close to that. Yeah. Yeah, and they're uh, navy blue and white, kind of little Yankee colors. They're not the saying that they are the Yankees, but yeah, they're the cats, navy and blue. Yeah. Um, they used to be the seagulls, which is pretty lame. So oh, just gonna that's funny that. you say oh. that because <laughs> basically, I'm not gonna edit that out. <laughs> the way you described the team sounded like the Seahawks, where they don't really do anything to 
change anything and they're just like oh we can still do this cool can you <laughs> yeah win, win now mode run, with no tools. running out time's yeah. running out <laughs> all right so we brings us to uh ugh. uh the let's brisbane do, let's lions. yeah brisbane lions <laughs> what's your vendetta against the lions <laughs> it was just it was like the first it was like the first game i ever really sat down and watched at collingwood and they lost on the last kick of the game so ever yep. since then they're like my most hated after the horn yeah yeah <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, the Lions, I love watching the Lions personally. <laughs> I was going to say, I think they've got a couple of really exciting guys. They've got a guy called Charlie Cameron, who is probably the fastest player in the AFL, is one of their small forwards. And I just think he's so exciting. There are a couple of guys like that. Lockie Neal, one of their midfielders who won the Brownlow medal in 2020. Very exciting, talented midfielder. Uh, Brisbane, again, I, I can't see a reason why they can't make the finals this year, their big issue is going to be they have a terrible record in finals under Chris Fagan, their current coach. They've won one out of six finals under him, which is really bad. So it's kind of a bit like the NFL playoffs where if you finish towards the top of the tree, you get a second chance. And Brisbane last year, they had the second chance. They, they lost that game, but then they had the second chance and then they lost that game as well. So they've kind of like a little bit like Port Adelaide, I guess, have not really realized their potential on the big stage. So this will be the year as well that if they don't start doing something, if they don't start winning some finals, everyone's going to kind of go, come on guys, when, when's it happening for you? Yep. And uh, yeah, their, uh, their history too, is they were uh, merged uh, between the Brisbane bears and the Fitzroy lions. That's where they get the uh, Brisbane lions from. And uh, cool logo, Navy maroon and gold. Uh, that was actually the uniform that we wore when I was in Australia. It was very small and tight, um, but it was that uniform. So there you go. Hey, do you have pictures of that? Yeah, I, say. I do have pictures. Yeah, I do. <laughs> no. And also, also a fun fact about the Brisbane lions as well is they had a, they won trip three premierships in a row in the early two thousands, which is very, very, very hard to do. And of the guys that played on those premiership teams, three of them are current AFL coaches in this season. Three out of the 18 teams have guys that played on the, that. So that's Craig McRae, Michael Voss, and Chris Scott. So that's, that's just a bit of an interesting factoid there. It's a club yeah, with Eric, DNA. With DNA. Our, our new coach is, is from the, that championship trio. Yeah. 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 So hopefully yeah. he'll get rid of that Brisbane blood and just be black and black and white. There you go. All right. That brings us to runner-up last year, Western Bulldogs. Western Bulldogs. Another team I think that everyone's got a little bit of a soft spot for Personally, I know I do. They were really, really bad for a number of years. I think in total, they've won two premierships. And their most recent was in 2016. And before that, they hadn't won for dec several decades. They're from a part of Melbourne that traditionally is quite a working class area, Footscray, uh, Western Melbourne. And yeah, they're a team that was starved of success for a long time. So when they made the 2016 grand final, everyone was cheering. They're also a bit unusual in that in the uh, AFL, it's quite rare that a team will make it to the grand final having not finished in the top four places on the ladder. So like we said before, eight teams qualify for the finals, but the teams that are in the top four, the, the, four, the four best teams at the end of the regular season, they get the double chance in the finals. So normally it's those teams, two of those teams that are making it to the grand final. Western Bulldogs are quite unusual because they not only did they make it 
from outside that top four into the grand final last year. They won it from outside that top four in 2016. So they're a team that has a history of punching up, particularly in recent years. They've got a couple of really exciting players, some of the best players in the league. Marcus Bontempelli, who is a sort of big midfielder who drifts forward. He's a game breaker. He's fantastic. They've got, yeah, they've got a big premiership window. It's open for them for for a few years now. They, despite being a really, really good team, they had the number one draft pick the year, uh, not this most recent draft that's happened, the one before, because of the way they traded draft picks, they got this really hyped up young forward called Jamara Eugle Hagen, which is a bit of an interesting name, but he's <laughs> tipped to be very good. They've got a really good young guy coming in this current season who's the son of a champion player for the Western Bulldogs. His name is Sam Darcy. So keep an eye out for him as well. Western Bulldogs are the kind of team that, they're trending up, I think. I think they can be even better. And I think they could win it this year, to be fair. They're, they're a fantastic side. They were yeah, top of the ladder for the majority of the year last year. Yeah, that's yeah. correct. Yeah. So they're a, they're they, a fast team, yeah. Mm, yeah, and, and I think in, in, in AFL, young equals fast often. And that's definitely the case for the Western Bulldogs. They're a young team. They're fast. They're hungry. Um, and like you said, Matt, yeah, they, they actually, they started the season really strongly, them in Melbourne. And everyone's like, these two are going to be in the grand final. And everyone's like, it's a bit early to call that. And then Western Bulldogs started fading and everyone's like, see, it's not going to happen. <laughs> then the Western Bulldogs peaked at exactly the right time and, and made it to the grand final. Yeah. And they're, uh, they're red, white, and blue. And um, I, I always notice the similarities between them and the Chicago Cubs because they both won in 2016 after really, really long droughts. But also, like you said, Reminds me a little bit of the the Eagles from 2018 being like the lowest seed wild card and then winning it all. So, um, yeah, very similar. All right, and then we go to the Sydney Swans, which I remember they were they started hot last year, so mm-hmm. they kind of faded towards the end. Yeah, they're an interesting one. They the year before last in 2020. I mean, I will say this about season 2020, the first COVID year. It almost was a bit of a write off for some teams. There was a lot of time away from home, and I think that suited some teams better than others. Some teams didn't really adapt. Sydney didn't do very well in that first COVID year. So when they really came back in a big way in 2021, everyone was kind of surprised that they had managed to kind of get back on the. Everyone's like, "Aren't you guys going to rebuild?" And then suddenly they're like, "Oh, we're going to play finals this year." So that was really cool. They train and play, like I said, just up the road from my house, which is pretty cool. Uh, They, about 15 years ago, were one of the best teams. They played a very defensive style of football back then, but the game isn't really played that way anymore. These days, it's it's kind of like fastest, fittest team wins, which makes for very exciting watching. Uh, I think Sydney Swans, like you said, yeah, they started strongly, maybe faded a little bit, lost a few games that they shouldn't have lost. Um, and then sort of bowed out early in the finals. For me, last year, it seemed like there were six dominant teams and then the rest. So when Sydney finished sixth, and I put them in one of those sort of top six teams, when they finished sixth and then they lost in the first week of the finals, it was pretty anticlimactic. So I think they're going to be pretty scorched by that, particularly because it was the Giants, their local rivals, who knocked them out of last year's finals. So I think they're going to be burned by that. And I think they're going to come back strong. They had a few injuries to key guys. They've got a couple of, big milestones coming up mostly Lance Franklin his a thousandth goal is tipped to happen early this year which there's talk like my friends who are Swans fans are saying that they reckon people are going to rush the field when that happens so stay tuned for that (laughs) yeah yeah they're red and white so kind of like Cardinals uh, little similarities there all right and then uh you just mentioned them they knocked Sydney out last year brings us to the GWS Giants Giants are the newest team in the competition. They were they had their first season in 2012. 
They made it into the grand final in 2019 and were belted by Richmond when in Richmond's sort of dynasty. They probably overachieved on expectations last year as well. They had a really tough time with injuries. They only had a handful of guys that played in every game, but somehow they managed to piece it together and make it to the second week of the finals, which was really commendable. But I think now that they've shown they can do it, the expectations are going to be higher. So this year it was like, wow, this is a bonus that you've made it to the finals with all this stuff. Wow, good on you. But now it's a bit like, well, you've shown you can do it under pressure. What can you do? Well, what can you do with a fit list? Um, so that's going to be really interesting. New kids on the block in the AFL, I think, definitely. From a part of Sydney that's traditionally rugby league heartland. So AFL is not the sport of choice in the area that they're based in. Mm-hmm. So they've sort of had to punch up to, to make a name for themselves. They are also the only AFL club with a team song that's in a minor key. So that's a fun fact. Oh, wow. So they've got the saddest team song? <laughs> no, it's quite like, um, it's quite brooding. It's, yeah, it's, it's a good song. It was written by a guy who plays in a band, a popular Australian band called the Cat Empire. I don't know if you guys know them, but they're a really popular Australian sort of rock, jazz sort of fusion band. Anyway, um. But no, they're, they're going to come back hopefully even stronger this year. The guy who was their captain, Stephen Canelio, who features prominently actually in that AFL documentary we were talking about. Australian he, Zach Efron, as we call him here. He does look a bit like Zach Efron, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah he, he hopefully will have a full season to be able to work his magic this year. Toby Green as well. He's always an interesting one to watch. He's a bit of a hothead, but he plays some exciting football. So they'll be, uh, be a good one to watch this year, I think, the Giants. And I believe the only, uh, or one of the only teams that has orange. Actually, yeah, the only team, right, mm. that has orange in their colors too, which is kind of an interesting color. So orange and gray. Yeah. All right, and then that brings us to the last team that made the playoffs, or as you guys refer to it, I guess, the finals. Um, yeah. And it's uh, Essendon. Yeah, now as a Carlton fan, I'm supposed to hate Essendon, but I cannot help but love the way they played the game last year. They are one of the few teams to be coached by a guy who played AFL as a defender, but ironically, they play a really exciting attacking style of football. So if we talk about teams that, that attack the ball hard and go hard at it, Essendon's that team. They throw everything at, at it and sometimes it doesn't work. And sometimes that they're outplayed by teams that are better at doing that than what they are. But they don't care. They just go balls to the wall and, and, and sort of play fearless football. And that's what I love about them. They, again, were tipped to have a tough year under a new coach last year, but ended up sneaking into the finals playing this really high octane, entertaining brand of football. I just love it. I love watching them. And, you know, they were knocked out in the first week of the finals by the Western Bulldogs, who ended up making the grand final. So they can't be too upset about that, I don't think. But I'm so excited to see what they do this year. They're a team with a long history. They've won the equal amount, equal most premierships with Carlton. So, yeah, they're going to have expectations to be able to back it up and do it again. And I can't wait to see if they deliver. Black and red, cool logo too. Got a nice bomber on the logo, if anyone cares about that. Mm-hmm. People do care. Aesthetics care. Aesthetics matter in sports, and I will, I will always preach that. No, I agree. I mean, it's you, you don't want to have someone who's got like a sad logo, sad, uh, sad mascot, or anything like that. So, um, and Eric, I think you're excited to announce the next one because Marcus is here. Yeah, this is uh was looking, and at the finals last year, missed it by it looks like about four points, and we got the the West Coast Eagles. Now, if we want to talk about late season fades, this team did exactly that last year. They are a team that is very accustomed to success. They made the grand final and won it in 2018. They won it in 2006. Before that, they are a team that is always there or thereabouts. You know, they're always kind of competitive. They're always making the finals at a minimum. 
They've got some great players. Nick Nanui is one of the biggest stars in the AFL. He's this really tall, I think six foot seven Fijian bloke with dreadlocks. He's so popular. Everyone loves him. Um, but then they didn't make the finals last year. They, they faded really badly. And it led people to ask some serious questions of their coach, Adam Simpson. Like I said, with the Port Adelaide Power, West Coast is based in Perth, which is many, many hundreds of kilometres west from where I'm sitting right now. And they're a team that's based in a city that demands a high standard. When this team is bad, it's the talk of the town. And when, when they're good, there is the talk of the town. They can't escape it, this team. They can't escape the high expectations. And they're going to be on from day one of this season, particularly with how badly they faded. They are also an interesting one. There's a story that's kind of developing at the moment where there's a player who hasn't been vaccinated at, at West Coast. So the AFL implemented, as much as, you know, Sports are a great way to escape COVID-19. It's also an interesting one to talk about this briefly. The AFL implemented a league-wide vaccine mandate. One player from Carlton chose to retire off the back of that. And then another guy at Brisbane is in the process of delisting at the moment rather than get vaccinated. There's currently a guy at West Coast, Jack Darling, one of their best players who has not been vaccinated. He needed to have had his first shot by, uh, I don't know when it's coming out, but it was uh, late late January, essentially, and hadn't. There is maybe suggestion that he may have had some sort of medical reason, but it's all a bit under a cloud at the moment. The club seems confident he might become vaccinated before the season begins, but his time's kind of running out because that season's starting in March. So it's interesting to see what's going to happen there. But they also have a couple of other really, really entertaining players. A guy called Liam Ryan, who is an Indigenous small forward. The guys, the Indigenous Australian players, the way a lot of these guys play the game, a lot of them are small forwards and they run really fast. And uh, it's, it's guys like Eddie Betts, Charlie Cameron, Liam Ryan. There are a lot of really good Indigenous Australian, Indigenous Australian small forwards who are so entertaining to watch the way they play the game. And Liam Ryan's one of those guys. He's so great to watch. So I'm really, again, excited to see if they can improve upon you know, what you have to say probably wasn't the season they were after in 2021. Yeah, they're blue, yellow, and white. And, and the reason I thought it'd be good for Marcus is they remind me of a little bit of Seattle Seahawks because, uh, like you said, rabid fan base, uh, demands excellence, um, rowdy fans, like real pack stadium when they play. Um, and, uh, yeah, just, they just play with a lot of uh, toughness. So yeah. West yeah. coast as well. They're both on the West coast. Yeah. We're on the West coast. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, what, what's funny is, you know, uh, earlier when Matt and was kind of talking about the levels in which we're following now me, I did follow them on all social media because since I wasn't watching and following, uh, closely, uh, I was just, you know, following it through social media. And when I just kept seeing those losses pile up at the end of the year, I'm like, oh man, this is, it was tough. It was, it was tough as, as much as I was trying to stay with it. I was like, man. And then, you know, when they, when they don't make it to the finals, it was just like, oh, all right. Well, mate, hopefully I'm not the, the bad luck charm. And this year will be a lot better. They're, yeah. They, they'll be there or thereabouts. I think they're a, uh a team with a lot, a big fan base, like you say, and a big history of success. I think, I think they'll, they'll come good, I think, but it'll just be interesting to see if they make the finals. I think last year was the first season, I think in, I think since 2011, don't quote me on the exact year, but around then, but neither of the two teams from Perth made the finals. So there's always at least one, but last year there was neither. You're muted there, Eric. All right, and that brings us to the Saint Kilda Saints, which have they won? 
a premiership since like the 60s i don't think so they have not so we talk about premiership droughts these are the next this is the next cab off the rank now the western bulldogs have got one and now that um now that melbourne have got one in recent times the saints are the next one they're a team that have struggled for success in recent times they made the grand final in 2010 it was actually it was a drawn grand final it was tie game at full time so they actually replayed yep. the grand final it was against collingwood and collingwood ended up winning so that was as close like they came within a whisker of premiership success in 2010 st kilda they're another one with a coach brett ratton who's going to be under pressure this year kind of getting to the point where you've you've challenged for finals you've been there and thereabouts they made the finals i think in 2020 and they just missed out last year they're going to need to start doing a little bit better i think so It'll be interesting to see what happens there, St Kilda. They're always, not always, but they're a team that doesn't have that rich vein, rich DNA of success, I suppose. So interesting to see what happens with them this year. You could just you could just mention the 2009 Grand Finals too, if you want. (laughs) No silence. Was was that the one that was like 152 to 35 or something like that? I I watched that St Kilda game in in 2010, and I remember I went to a bar special for it and i was there all night till like whatever 4 a.m and then uh it was a tie and i was like what what kind of ending is this and then i wasn't able to even watch the the replay when they they got trounced but uh yeah red white and black and st kilda to me always reminds me of like teams that i, I feel like a lot of families like that team like it, you know sons and grandsons they're all like very passionate about the team even though they're not great everyone's very passionate about that team all right this brings us to Fremantle. Fremantle, like we said, they're from they're the other Perth team. So it's West Coast and Fremantle, the two teams based in Perth. And they have arguably the defining player of the current, like the last five years or so, Nat Fife is their captain. So he's won two Brownlow medals as the league's MVP. Very rare to even win one. He's won two. He hasn't been able to take them to a premiership or a grand final yet, though. And he's also coming off a season that was really troubled by shoulder injuries. So he actually, he dropped quite a lot of weight while he was recovering from a shoulder injury in the off season and towards the end of last season. And his return is going to be the talk of the town in Fremantle and in Perth this year, because if he can get back to fit and firing, they came within a whisker of the finals last year. They lost to Carlton twice, my team. And if they had beaten Carlton on both those occasions, like they should have, then they would have made the finals. So they were really close. And yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens. Also, I don't know if you guys follow them on social media, but Nat Fife, since having his shoulder injury, has had a bit of a makeover and he looks yep. a bit like white goodman from dodgeball ben stiller <laughs> in dodgeball at the moment so and their colors are purple as well so it actually looks it's identical yeah and he's got like the, he's got the um the beard as well i'm just just waiting for like we are Fremantle, and we will we will rock you <laughs> no one makes me bleed my own blood dude when people were doing that for the tom for tom brady those tom brady memes that was making me laugh it Nobody was so makes good me bleed my own blood all right. Next up, we have looks like the Richmond Tigers. Richmond, they're an interesting one as well. So they're actually not unlike Fremantle in that their marquee player, Dustin Martin, who if we're talking about the best two players in the league or the, the most revered players currently, it's probably Dustin Martin and Nat Five, these two guys. Dustin Martin got injured about midway through last year and Fremantle basically fell, fell off a bit of a cliff without him. 
They really struggled. So Fremantle won premierships in 2017, 2019, and 2020. They didn't get three in a row, but it's kind of been considered as Richmond's dynasty at the moment. That they Coming into 2021, they were the favourites again. Everyone was obsessed with how well they were going to go. And then when Dustin Martin went down, everything kind of just imploded for them. And they we, we kind of became like, oh, well, you know, they might not finish in the top four this year. Oh, they might not finish in the top eight this year. What, what, are they, what are they doing? Like, and everyone was kind of quite concerned for them um, when he went down because, yeah, they, they kind of floundered a bit without him. They, I think now that he's fit and firing, presuming that he, he's right to go for round one, there's no reason they can't challenge again. But the the narrative around them is going to be, is this the end of their dynasty? Is this where Richmond moves into a new era? Having won these premierships, having had this success, this success can they replicate it? now that they've, they're coming off a season where they struggled and couldn't make an impact in the finals at all. So that'll be an interesting one for them. Yeah. Black and gold. Uh, yeah. They had a real tough, you know, tough team. And um, like you said, kind of a dynasty the last few years of powerhouse for sure. All right. So after Richmond, we have Carlton. Yeah, I was wondering how low we were going to have to get down before we got to my team. <laughs> Couldn't remember their exact ladder position. I know that it wasn't good, though. 13 out of 18. Yeah, look, if we talk about clubs with high expectations, Carlton, there's no club that has put more pressure on itself and that has had more pressure on itself for the last 10 years than Carlton. In the last 10 years, they've sacked four coaches. They're a team that has had so much success and has such a vocal fan base that when they, given how much they have not achieved... They haven't made the finals in 10 years. There's so much speculation about when that's going to happen for them. What, what, what's going wrong? Because they've, they've done badly, they've had all these good draft picks. They've always had a big fan base that's going to games. They've always had money at the club. What is the issue, basically, is the question for them. But things might be looking, looking up for them. They've got Michael Voss as their coach coming in from this year. He was an assistant coach at Port Adelaide for the last few years when Port Adelaide were going really well. They've gotten a couple of good guys to come over from other clubs. Adam Chera from Fremantle, who is a former top 10 draft pick, going to be really good. So given that they nearly made the finals last year, there's maybe hope. Carlton shot, sort of shot itself in the foot last year because it conducted an internal review into its high performance unit and its coaching staff during the season, which I don't know why you would ever do that. Well, actually, I do know why. It's because there was so much media scrutiny about how they were going. And then they brought it forward from the end of the season. And then they brought it forward and the whole thing played out in the media and was a media circus, essentially. And it was a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. You put so much pressure on yourself. No wonder you're struggling to win games. So, yeah, they, they, they can be expected to make finals this year, even though they've got a new coach. They've got a really good list of players, guys who coming back from long-term injuries like Charlie Kerno, who hopefully are going to get more game time this year. I can't see why Carlton can't challenge for the finals, but people have been saying that about them for the last five years. Yeah. Navy and white, real classic look to them too. Like just classic logo and CNNF, uh, CFC. Um, yeah. It's re really classy organization, even though they're my sworn enemy, but I have to tip my cap. So. I don't. Yeah, you don't well, have to. Something I, will, <laughs> something I will say as well is that Carlton in Melbourne, it's quite a cool area now, but traditionally it was quite um, a migrant sort of area. So lots of Greek and Italian families settled there after the war. Uh, so it's kind of, and they've had a couple of 
uh, really good Greek and Italian players, Brendan Favola, Anthony Kudafidis, sort of in the in the modern era. So I guess that's kind of it's it's a trendy part of Melbourne now, and it's got a really rich um, immigrant history, I guess. So this is a bit of a fun fact. All right, next up we got Hawthorne. Yeah, so Hawthorne kind of were like the Richmond of about ten years ago. They won three premierships in a row. They even before that, like they, they kind of went toe to toe with Geelong about 15 or so years ago as the two best teams. They had some legends of the game playing for them. One of whom is going to take over as coach this year. His name's Sam Mitchell. So it was a bit of a bit of drama around their coaching last year. So they had this guy, Alistair Clarkson coaching at Hawthorne who was essentially regarded as the best coach of the last 20 years. The Bill Belichick. Yeah. Fantastic player and and co- uh, sorry, fantastic coach. I coached them to I want to say four premierships, two thousand eight and then two thousand thirteen to two thousand fifteen, I believe. Uh, and then the the plan was he was going to step down at the end of twenty twenty two to be succeeded by this former player. But then it was kind of bungled, and they were like, actually, sorry, Alistair, you're going to go now. We're going to bring this guy in as the coach uh, from next year. Okay, see ya. And it was a bit like, oh, that was a weird farewell to a guy that gave you all the success. So they're in a rebuild. I don't think they can expect to be making the finals next year, maybe the year after, but they're a club that's gone from having this dynasty and they're now sort of, they haven't made the finals last year. They're going to have to work back up to it again. But like, yeah, they're they're one of the other Melbourne clubs with a long history and a big fan base. So I expect that they'll be there or thereabouts in the next few years, but I don't think it'll be this year for them. They're the Hawks and yellow and brown, if you like brown. So there you go. Ooh, like that. <laughs> <laughs> yellow and brown. Whenever I think of that, I think of that old AFL Denver Broncos. With That's basically what this is. Yeah. Yes. That's oh, what I yeah. Think good of. call. It's a good one. All that, right, so, so so please tell me they have vertical stripe socks. If they don't, we're going to have to make a call. They have. Okay. Hold on. Where's my... I got my thing pulled up here. Yeah, they have vertical stripes. Their jersey is vertical stripes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Oh, it's, a, the, it's uh it's slimming, Marcus. They have horizontal the socks are horizontal. Oh the, 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 yeah, the socks are horizontal. The jersey's vertical. I know because yeah, the they don't close. they well well no kiss now verticals are called stripes. Horizontals are called Jasper. Hoops. Hoops. Oh jeez. Listen to too many podcasts, man. All right. All right. Next up we have the Adelaide. Um is it the crows? crows? Yeah, the Adelaide Counting Crows. <laughs> That's it. Coached by uh, Mr. Jones. No, they oh. are. <laughs> nice call. Um, they're from, yeah, they're from Adelaide. This another really footy mad city. They actually last year, their season was kind of marred by a bit of an off-field incident involving a former captain of theirs currently playing still named Taylor Walker, who is getting to the end of his career now. Uh, kind of people were thinking, is this guy past his prime? What's going on? But he actually had a great year last year, but then was was sort of embroiled in this big off-field controversy where he was overheard making a racist comment at a, a Sandful game, so at like a second second late reserves game about an Indigenous Australian player. And I'm not sure if you guys are aware of Australia's colonial history, but essentially white people came to Australia and treated the Indigenous Australians terribly. And it was mass murder and massacres of Indigenous Australians. So it's very delicate territory in terms of these days, um, sporting leagues, especially really trying to make an effort at reconciliation and, and 
supporting their Indigenous talent, and as they should, because there have been years and years of discrimination and racism in the bedrock of Australian society. So I'm not going to go into that, but uh, making a racist comment about an Indigenous Australian player was really left a bad taste in everyone's mouth. It was, it was not, yeah, it was not on essentially. And that kind of, their season was already not going great. And that sort of torpedoed it. They are going to have to really make, think hard about whether this guy is going to feature for them at senior level, at AFL level frequently in 2022 and going forward. They, yeah, I, I think that was really the defining event of their season, unfortunately. There was some good stuff towards the start of the year. They ended. They had. They played a tie game with Melbourne, who ended up uh, winning the whole thing. The year before last, they finished last, and there has been improvement, to be fair, in their on-field results. But they're going to need to be doing more than just a couple places up the ladder. Their coach Matthew Nix has been re-signed, so clearly the club sees something in him. Personally, I think he's a really good leader. I thought the way he handled that off-field incident with Taylor Walker, he made his official statement and he was crying, essentially, that he felt so bad that his club and he would subject someone, that a player of his club would subject another footballer to a comment like that. So I think he's a great leader, but whether that can translate to on-field results remains to be seen. Yeah, and they're uh, yellow, uh, blue, and uh, red. Red, yeah. Weird. With a pretty cool uh, crow's... I mean, crows. I wouldn't think of a logo of a crow ever being cool. And it's not great, but it's just like some of the best you could do for a crow. I mean, we have the Baltimore Ravens, though, right? So it'd be kind of similar to the Ravens logo, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because Adelaide's their their coach is kind of a defensive minded coach, too, right? Like heavy on defense. Yeah. So they kind of remind me a little bit of uh, Baltimore. They need to just talk to you know, the studio that owns the rights to the crow and they need to have <laughs> Eric, Dra- Eric Draven as the... Uh... Just dig up Jason Lee. Oh, buddy. <laughs> really? Their jerseys are made We're out of We're doing really good. We're doing so good doing today. really good. And then I only like, have one edit that I have to make so body. far. Now we're talking about dead people. Come on. Right, sorry, how intimidating gotta, would that be? We gotta, we gotta keep going. <laughs> Whatever. All right. Our new Ruckman is a dead guy. <laughs> oh my God. And the next team, Eric, uh, it looks like it's sponsored by McDonald's, but it's not. It, I mean, they play, they play like McDonald's. they are. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they, they ate some McDonald's before before the games with the way they play. Is this the, we we're talking about the Gold Coast Suns, I presume. Yeah, it is who we got next. Yeah, okay. So the Gold Coast Suns are a bit of a basket case and kind of have been since they <laughs> made it into the league in 2011. I will sort of preface this by saying the Gold Coast is historically has been quite a hard place to be a football team. The Gold Coast is about an hour south of Brisbane and it's kind of Australia's equivalent of Miami. It's a party city. It's where people go when they finish high school for like spring break. Like it's like, it's drugs, it's sex, it's it's debauchery with a postcode, essentially. Dude, Marcus, let, me, let me write this down. Come on, yeah, exactly. Where is this? <laughs> right. That's where I, 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 get my pa- I get my passport in like a month. Where, uh, where is that again? <laughs> Make sure you bring yeah, yeah. some penicillin with you, Marcus. It's party city, man, It basically. So it's kind of traditionally sports teams have kind of struggled there. Rugby league even, which is probably the sport of choice in Queensland, the rugby league team on the Gold Coast has kind of not been good since it was introduced 15 years ago either. So the Gold Coast Suns, to be fair, have the odds kind of stacked against them already being in a city that's a party city, not a family's going to the football city. 
But having said that, they've not made the finals since they made it into the AFL in 2011. So it's high time for them. Their coach, Stuart Jew, I can't think of anyone who's going to be under more pressure as a coach coming into this season. Hold on a second. His last name is what? That Jew with a D. In Australia, we kind of don't make that like Jew or Jew. Like it's kind of pronounced the same. It's D-E-W. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah, like yeah. Sorry. Dew, yeah. You guys probably, yeah, you would say do, wouldn't you? Yeah. Stuart, <laughs> we, we, we don't say, we, we would kind of say it the same, Jew or Jew. It's kind of pronounced the same. Marcus anyway. and I made the same face at the same time. <laughs> and he was, yeah, but I'm not going to point it out. You're the one who's like, wait, we got to stop. I was just like, what? And he was, uh, he was chronicled on that Making Their Mark uh, documentary too, where like um, there's a long scene where him and a player are like doing a, uh, a biking simulator, like biking up Mount Everest or something. Like he just, he seems very passionate, but I, I, I can tell that he's being under pressure because it seems like the team is just falling under his fingertips, even though he yeah. like, seems like a nice guy, but I don't know. He's one of the characters of the game. So AFL players, like, I don't know if you see them, but they're, they're very lean, fit, muscular guys, right? Even the guys who are kind of not having to do a whole lot of running are cardio fit dudes. Stuart Jew, when he retired, man, that guy went to McDonald's a bunch of times. Like he, he just looks like a dad now. Like he's just like a chubby dude. He's just like, I don't care. I'm Stuart friggin' Jew. I'm a coach of an AFL team. Like he's just, he's just a really like loose. He seems like a loose unit to look at him. Like in the way he interacts, like in this, in this um, documentary, like he wears like three quarter length shorts. Like he looks like a dad going to a theme park, basically. Like he's, <laughs> he, he looks like a funny dude. And in that, you watch that, that, um, you watch that doco as well. Like he's a funny guy. He, he's mm-hmm. got a huge yeah. sense of humor and stuff. And and to be fair, Gold Coast has improved under his watch. They were terrible and they're now less terrible, but they're, not, they're still not playing finals. They've had a real problem with fading towards the end of seasons. There have been injuries that haven't helped. Um, this is the year that guys like Matt Rowell and young talent who have been picked high in the draft need to start proving that they were worthy of being picked high in the draft. Yep. And they're, uh, yeah, like I said, they're kind of McDonald's colors, which is kind of a weird choice with the, the red and yellow, but a uh, red and gold, but uh, yeah, maybe, maybe that'll be your team listener. There you go. Yeah. You like cheeseburgers. Don't do it. Listen, don't pick them. <laughs> do it. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll skip the next one for now. We'll save them for less. Um, so last place is um, North Melbourne. <laughs> North Shin Melbourne. Boners. Yeah. The Shinboners. Yeah. I, the I have what? Hope the what North now? Melbourne. Yeah, I know. Their nickname is the Shinbone. Like, they're the North Melbourne Kangaroos, but they're also kind of sometimes known as the Shinboners. Okay. I thought you said Boners. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Boners well, lame also mascot. great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they finished last. They started the season quite poorly and really made headway towards the end, I thought. I thought they became competitive towards the end of the season. They didn't win a whole lot of games, obviously, if they finished last. But I thought they were at least competitive heading into the uh, the back half of the season. A couple of really good signings. The number one draft pick, Jason Horn Francis, is going to North Melbourne. Signed a really high ra- highly rated Richmond tall forward, Callum Coleman-Jones. Got a couple of really good guys. Aaron Hall, defender, fantastic. I rate him really highly. They're a good team. They just got a, they just got time. They've, they've just got to commit to maybe another couple of years without finals and going on the path they're going on. Because if last year was any evidence, they improved through the season. And if they can keep doing that, I got hope for them. Yeah. They're, they're Royal blue and white. Um, there are some similarities there logo wise with like the lions, but they do kind of remind me of the Detroit lions because they've had 
tough times recently. Um, but if you go back a ways, like when I was coming up in the game, like late nineties, like we talked about Wayne Carey was a superstar. And if you kind of equate it to Barry Sanders, like they had Barry Sanders, they had one of the best of all time. Uh, they were really good then. And then it just kind of fallen off ever since, ever since he left. So, yeah, and a uh, hard, yeah, tough, tough team too, tough working class city and, uh, you know, passionate fans. Yeah. All right. So that brings us to the last team here. Um, some call them Australia's team, and when I say some, I, I mean me. Um, they're America's team, too, so let's let's talk about Collingwood. Yeah, the only team that the Melbourne Demons, the champions, didn't beat last year. Is that Weird. right? <laughs> that is right. There's your fun fact for the day. <laughs> that was Bucksy's, uh, Nathan Buck's last game as head coach. They, they beat the Ds. They beat the Ds. That was a good game. I, was on, I think that was on, uh, that was the public holiday game, I think. There was a big crowd, and I think it was actually in Sydney. Um, I remember that game, yeah. So I'm curious how you, how you describe it because I only follow this team long story short, because when I started learning the game, we had a coach who played for them uh, either in the VFL or maybe one, one um, organization lower, but uh, he had a Collingwood Jersey. And after he saw how I would like go up for marks and I, cause I was small, I didn't have my growth spurt yet. So I played really tough. I broke my thumb and he's like, man, you, you play tough. I'm going to give you the Jersey off my back the Guernsey. And he gave me the, Collingwood Guernsey. And so that's why I was like, all right, I'm going to be a Collingwood supporter now. So that's how I got into it. But like, I'm sure you have a different perspective being in Australia. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's a really cool story. I think they, um, yeah, like the, they're, the, they're the butt of the joke, I think, for non-Collingwood fans. Australia has such a tall poppy syndrome problem, though. I don't know if that's a thing in America. I suspect probably not. But Australians love cutting down people that are doing well. It's just classic Australian cultural thing. I don't mean me personally, but it's just it's just a bit of a thing in the Australian zeitgeist, I guess. And I think because Collingwood have been so good historically, it might be part of it. There's this stereotype that Collingwood fans are all a bit rough and a bit dumb and don't have all their teeth. Uh, and last year, you know, was was a tough <laughs> season. This is that you, man? All right. <laughs> I don't mean anyone here. So true. <laughs> no, it's I just so Matt true. just Matt just cracks up for just you know what whatever. Enjoy your seagulls. Yeah. <laughs> they um and then, you know last year was a tough season amongst many good years in recent times for Collingwood. They finished lower on the ladder than they ever had in terms of number. They finished seventeenth. They had finished last before, but not when there were as many teams as are in the competition now. They, their season last year was kind of bookended by two very big controversies. One was a report commissioned by the club into its internal culture after an ex-player basically alleged that he was racially vilified at the club. Essentially, the report found that Collingwood has a massive cultural problem where, yeah, like I don't want to say that the report found that it was a racist club, but it essentially found that it needs to do more in terms of inclusion that, that report sort of led to the departure of its long-term president, Eddie Maguire, who is a game show host in Australia and is kind of a bit of a divisive sort of figure. He's a bit, I think he's a bit of a jerk. But anyway, that's that's just my personal opinion. Maybe he should run for the, no, I'm not going to say prime minister. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, yeah, like yeah, I said, be. he reminds us, he's kind of like Jerry Jones, very loud, very vocal, very like hands yeah. in every single aspect of the team. That kind and, of guy. And yeah. racist. Cool. And racist. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's right. a, yeah. But anyway, he and he um his departure kind of was very highly publicized and and um yeah anyway that that was the start of their season and then the end of their season 
Actually, kind of was close closer to home for you guys. There was an there was a player, Jordan Degoe. I don't know if you saw this. In yep. a, he had a bit of an incident at a nightclub in New York on Halloween that essentially has meant that he's had to front court over alleged assault charges. So that was the end of their season. So not only was it a difficult year on the field, year on the field, there were these two big controversies um, before and afterwards. So so they um, they've got a lot of work to do on their culture. But they also have a lot of work to do on the field. Craig McRae comes very highly rated, their new coach. He was a VFL coach at Richmond when Richmond was amazing. So, you know, he, he comes from winning culture as a player with the Lions and as a coach with Richmond. So they've got some really good young guys, uh, Trem, you know, the uh, Dacos as well, one of their new draft picks, the son of club legend, Peter Dacos. They've got, they've got the tools. They've just got to, got to commit to a couple of years of work on the tools, I guess. Yeah, it's I mean, historic- go, ahead, oh, sorry, sorry. go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say historically, like, you know, big defensive team with, with Nathan uh, Buckley, one of my favorite players of all time. He was their coach, but uh, only one grand final appearance in 10 years. Um, so they, they sacked him uh, halfway through or, or towards the end of the last season. So like you said, new coach, and it seems like they're trending more uh, into like a, uh, maybe a faster offense, younger, younger blood, uh, just faster game. Cause I feel like we were a little too slow. We'd be great the first three quarters and then we would just peter out um toward the end but uh yeah i mean it seems like it'll be an interesting season regardless hopefully it'll be better than last year so so now that we went through all that and we've talked about every team and i want to hear your picks jasper so if a person's joining the club for the first time has no team right and you're an expert professionally a professional journalist <laughs> What tell us? Uh, tell us if you're if you have absolutely no affiliation and you're thinking, hey, I want to get into this and I want to pick a team that's going to go, you know, to the grand finals this year, maybe even win the, win the uh, win the flag or win the pennant. What's okay? Who's the team? Who's the team well, we're if, going for? If you're talking about ready-made success for this year, you want to see your team doing really well. Mm-hmm. 2022, they're going to be I hoisting mean, the cup. I think the Western Bulldogs. I, I really think the Western Bulldogs could have a great year. All the Melbourne, uh, it's a cheap answer because they won both in the grand final last year, but I don't see any reason why those two won't be right at the top again. I mean, I could easily say Port Adelaide or Brisbane, but I don't know. There's something there's something for me about the Victorian clubs, the long history that uh, not only are these teams great now, they've had to come from the doldrums to get there, you know, they're, they're, for years and years, they toiled away. So for me, I would pick either of those two teams, but I also think Essendon would be my, my dark horse there because I don't think I'm going to win a premiership this year. Don't get me wrong, but I loved the way they played last year under a new coach. They lost all these players to, that moved to other clubs at the end of 2020, yet somehow were even better without them. Fast team, aggressive team, hardworking team. So look, I, as much as we can say Melbourne and the Western Bulldogs are going to be really good again, I almost reckon if I was starting afresh now, Essendon would be a really cool choice for right this, at this very minute, I would say. Okay, so you heard it here first. If you're picking a team for 2022, do not pick either Carlton or Collingwood. Right there. Don't, you just heard Jasper say exactly, it. He don't. almost exactly what he said. So. <laughs> no, yeah, I love if, Carlton. If, I love Carlton, but yeah, they're, they're, they're in some tough times, I think. If, if you want your team to win now, but if you want to look like a bandwagon fan, yeah, but if you want to start at the bottom, there's only one team that was lower than Collingwood last year, and nobody wants a shin boner. You, so let's... <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. Um, I do have uh, one more question. I think mm-hmm. that um, I've been stewing on for a while. Um, on the Naked Bootleg, we've done um, episodes about, you know, you talked about the AFL having a draft system and the NFL draft specifically, but all drafts are so highly scrutinized now. And you have, I mean, guys are being studied as far back as high school, like where they're going to go to college, where they're going to do all that. Now, like you said, you don't have a college system of athletics in place. So how important or how, um, I don't know, I guess how, how is the draft perceived um, in Australia for the AFL? Because here it's become like this, this juggernaut of a thing. I mean, it used to be two days and now it's spread out over four days because they want more exposure. So how is, how is the AL, AFL, um, you know, draft process uh, for the league? Yeah, it's, it's a big deal. And it's, it's some people obsess over it, to be fair. I'm not one of those people. I'm not an expert on the draft and the ins and outs and the talent scouting. Each club has a, has a team or, or at least a talent scout that's going to go around to games and, and look for, a prize talent like you say that's that's in high school you know a lot of these guys are being drafted now i don't know what it's like in the nfl if you're drafted after college or what but here you're drafted as a 17 or an 18 year old normally we we have yeah there's speculation around it um it's yeah it's it's a big deal and it's it's coveted and and it sort of dominates the off-season discussion for weeks i would say um it's and it's not everyone's cup of tea. Like some people, I'm a you know, I'm, I'm a reporter and I don't I know the, the ins and outs, but I'm not the kind of guy that that is, is teaming through pages and pages reading all about it in terms of the the scouting and the analysis. But for some people, that's they love that. Yeah, definitely, it's a big deal. Yeah, I, Eric and I are both like, well, <laughs> now we have another draft to focus on because uh, yeah, we're dra- we're obsessed. We like it's yeah. probably the great. It's Christmas all over again. It's, oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Cool. Uh, when is when is the AFL draft or, or when oh they- that happened months ago right now yeah it's finished for this year so it was it's just after our off season I don't know the exact dates I'm pretty sure it's in November, yeah, November. okay yeah um, cool. but yeah it, it's already happened the number one pick Jason Horn Francis went to North Melbourne who was the bottom team also to teams can and this is probably the case in the NFL forgive my, my ignorance on that but teams can trade picks and go oh we'll trade you this player that you've got now who we think is good for right an established player for, yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's a thing so it like like i said like the western bulldogs had the number one pick in the drafts uh two years ago despite being a really good team at the moment because they'd sort of traded and, and done their homework on that yeah um, and one thing eric oh, wishes was sorry i was gonna say eric wishes was in the nfl draft as the father-son rule which i think I was be really interesting ask. yeah interested to know about that yes please elaborate yeah so i don't know the specifics in terms of you know the 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 minutiae of this rule but essentially by and large is that if your father played for this club this club has first dibs on you um so i don't i i'm reticent to go into the specifics more than that because it's not really the draft isn't really something that i that i specialize in but yeah it it means that it's to sort of create this idea of and your generational players, generation after generation playing for the Western Bulldogs or for Collingwood. There are a couple of guys this year, um, Nick Dacos going to Collingwood, whose father, Peter Dacos, played for Collingwood. 
Sam Darcy at the Western Bulldogs, his father and his grandfather played for the Western Bulldogs. So, uh, yeah, Gary Ablett, if we're going back a little bit now, he's a modern legend and his father was a legend for Geelong as well. So it's it's a it's a pretty, um, like we, we talk about the history of clubs and that being something that's it's quite reverent, I guess, in in, in the AFL as, as it is in a lot of sports. The draft, I guess, is and the father-son drafts comes into that, I would say. I, I'm excited for 15 years from now when Tommy Hawkins kids are playing for too long so i was just i was just gonna say i you know what i could get behind this being a being a thing in the in the sports in the states i think oh that would be, be amazing awesome patrick yeah. sertan's a dolphin you know what but I mean? at the, like, but at the same time <laughs> i guess maybe you don't see a lot of the loyalty with those in 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 the american sports where you'll you get a lot of jumping around so who knows like yeah, where would true. where, where, yeah, where would ryan fitzpatrick kid play like <laughs> he belongs to the streets. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Well, even Gary Ablett Jr. He didn't play his entire career with Geelong. You know, he you know he played for uh, GWS, right? Who did he play? No, for? actually, for Gold Coast. So Gold he Coast. went to Gold go. Coast yeah. in their early years and toiled away with them. And I think he actually won the Brownlow Medal playing for Gold Coast. Yeah, uh, because he, he was that for like five or six years. Good. I think that's yeah. crazy yeah. going to like the worst team basically and getting the MVP. Yeah, because he was just that dominant and and that good. He was a fantastic player. I highly encourage anyone to to check him out. Um, but really small guy, midfielder, but worked so hard with what he had. You know, not not the biggest dude, but but one of the most hardworking and one of the smartest in terms of football smarts. But he he went back to Geelong for the end of his career. So yeah. a bit of a full circle moment there. Yeah. Nice. So then, uh, so just to wrap this up here. So just as an FYI. So here we are. We are, what is it? The We're recording this on the 28th of January, 29th over there in Melbourne, in, uh, in Sydney. And so we're probably going to release this in sometime in February. But the first uh, fixture is going to be on Thursday, March 17th, which it tells me here that'll be at 3 a.m. Central time. So, and that'll be Carlton <laughs> and Richmond. And then that Friday, Will be St. Kilda and Collingwood and Geelong and Essendon. So we'll have to have a match replay that night. So we'll have to harm wrestle about what we're going to watch on that Friday night. Oh, so, Collingwood yeah, is uh, a good um, team. No, no one really cares. <laughs> yeah, they anyway. denied Kanye. Kanye wanted to, to have a concert on that day with at uh, Marvel Stadium, and, and the AFL said, oh, No way. Thank God. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> gosh. Um, all right. Well, now that we're about to wrap up, is there anything else we want to pick Jasper's brain on Jasper? We seriously thank you, uh, especially with all of our, uh, our, our Rube questions, our, our, our dumb guy questions. And then we get, <laughs> no, no, you know, no. Uh, I, 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 I could talk to him for, for like four hours, just I by know, my fascination too. of Australia, like just <laughs> the, the, the different terminologies that, of that. everything. Like just that you call McDonald's Good on like watching the commercials. I'm just like, what is going on in yes. these commercials? I love oh, watching do you get it. Our, live. Do you guys get our ads? Yes. Oh, yeah. Cool. So when you watch on the, uh, on the watch, yeah, AFL, you, watch on the AFL. Live, <laughs> you can see you get the commercials. Oh, if you watch a recorded game for previously, they, skip over the commercials but the macca's commercials are hilarious yeah i'm just like yeah. what's going on and yeah, there's like macca's. always like a local one for like a plumbing company and then there's like a player <laughs> who is yeah. like missing the game because he had to fix some old lady's yeah, plumbing or something <laughs> yeah i see that ad like yeah. seven times <laughs> it's so funny and like he like runs through and like looks at the barber and he's like <sighs> like I, I love it when players are in ads because their acting is not often like very yeah, bad it's, yeah it's oh yeah there's a oh there's there's a classic of this i'll send it to you where this ex-carlton player 
uh, Anthony Kudafidis, who is an amazing player. After his career, he he opened up a chain of souvlaki restaurants, like Greek like kebabs, basically. And he's in an ad for one of them, and it is so funny. It's the the special effects are terrible. I won't spoil it now, but I'll send it to you guys. It is so yes. funny. Cannot I'll do that right wait. now after this. Cannot <laughs> wait. Um, awesome. Yeah. Anybody have anything else that they want to discuss? Well, how can I people mean, uh, is... catch up on what what we could do? We get people to follow Jasper on social media. Oh yeah. Oh sure. Yeah, please. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, um, I am on Twitter. I think Jasper Bruce three is my handle. I'm not super active on Twitter, but if you do, if you would want to um, check out anything I've done, if you search my name in uh, News Corp Australia or Fox Sports or uh, anything like that, it'll come up. Any Australian listeners, uh, I'm in the most of the News Corp papers um, a few times a week, and and uh, the Australian and Daily Telegraph, Herald Sun, ones like that. So they can check me out there. And if not, Fox Sports Australia is a good place to be able to read some of my stuff. Look at that awesome. profile picture. Man. Oh, yeah. Like professionally done there. <laughs> Give that, that smoky look in your face. The smolder right? there, yeah. Yeah, the smolder. <laughs> nobody, saw, nobody, nobody else saw this, but uh, I sent a picture. I got to meet up with Sam Carr uh, over Christmas and... Uh, I just caught him naturally in a really good smolder, and I was like, "Hey, this is, oh, it was this great, great good. shot." He, yeah. He's sort of the the Max Gone of of the footy group. He, can't, he reminds me of Max Gone. <laughs> That's my uh, phrase. Max Gone's a good guy. Yeah. Hey, Neil. Uh, thank you for introducing us to to footy. Uh, you know, Australian rules football. It's been a blast, and like I said, this has just made me more excited now that I'm gonna actually gonna have time to dive in. Uh, but why don't you plug uh, Triviality and, uh, oh, yeah, did I mention Neil Fisher is an author? Oh, plug thank that you. Too. Uh, well, yeah, I was just going to say for any listeners who are kind of on the fence about checking out the game, um, you know, just uh, YouTube some highlights. Just put match highlights if you want to pick a, a couple teams. If Jasper didn't convince you one way or another to go, you know, for a certain team or to research a certain team, um, there, there's a questionnaire. Matt will maybe put in the show notes or you guys, it's on the, the Benchwarmers uh footy fanatics group if I, I believe but if you just click that it'll you have some questions and I'll, I'll help you by giving you three or four different teams that might be a good fit that you can then research on your own and kind of find your way because I think the best way to find a team is watching the game and seeing which uh, style of play that you like um, so yeah I hope, hope you guys really check out footy and I'm always here for questions you can always message me or whatever and um, we have our, our live watch parties and I think it's just a fun sport so if you, if you like a combination of basketball soccer uh, volleyball and a lot of tackling and hard hitting with no pads, then it'll be the game for you. Um, uh, and then, uh, yeah, so triviality, feel free to listen to us every, every Tuesday. And then as Marcus said, um, I'm going to be on an episode of, of bench warmers. So I was super excited to, to be invited back. But, um, if you just go to triviality podcast.com uh, slash Swayze, um, I wrote a, a comedic love letter to Patrick Swayze coming out April 26th. So it's about $15, the book, but you can get $5 off if you go to that website with a promo code and just appreciate any support. If you want to get it as a gift for yourself, buy it for a friend, buy it and burn it and send me the video either way. Um, I appreciate the support. And uh, yeah, any chance to hang out with these guys is always a good night. So, um, you know, thank you guys for inviting me. I'm going to buy it, burn it, and then buy another copy so I can <laughs> have go. it and read it. And then uh, be warmed since... by the fire of the other one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to, it's going to be a classic dystopian future. Like I'm going to be around, I'm just going to look like a hobo around like a trash can. I'm going to throw the book in, <laughs> but I'm also going to be reading it. So if so I buy like 20 of them right now, then we can send them to Australia. <laughs> and with the supply chain issues, it might get there for Christmas. So Merry Christmas, Jasper. 
It, it's Australia. available in Australia. Places, everyone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy copy. Can't wait. So yeah, one thing a- too is um a, you've mentioned that the the watch parties just to get into those a little bit. It's on normally a Friday night, a Saturday night. We we based on the footy fanatic page on Facebook, um, we pick a game that we're gonna all basically hop on a Zoom. Anybody's welcome to join the Zoom. Um hop on, watch the game, and we kind of just you know talk about the game while we watch it, figure out all the bugs, make sure everybody's you know watching it and can hear it if they want to hear it or not. Um, but that's a that's a fun way to get into it too. So yeah, and you know, we have so many members now, like Matt has a membership, which is sort of um Australian football teams kind of they have fans, but everyone's a member. So you get, you know, season tickets or or things like that, and and you pay to be a member every year with like some goodies. And um, one of the things that we get for being international members is we get the watch AFL app for free or you know, paying for it. Uh, but you get I think two or three devices. So if, if you ever want to be like, hey, I want to watch a full game. You know, we'll give you our login. Just go in there. You can watch it on your phone. You can uh, Chromecast it to your TV, Apple Apple uh, TV, um, and it's just nice. You can watch it on the big screen, and and uh, it's shot really nice. So uh, yeah, we're always here for that. Doesn't have to be live. You can watch it at your leisure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, Matt. Be- oh, no, being being say. a member gets me that if I am in Melbourne, I get into any game I want to for like seven dollars. So that's great. One hundred and forty dollars for a membership. Forty five hour plane ride but you'll I'll get to never the... be i'll never be there but i mean <laughs> hey you know so i got hey, that one for me i will you know what it's it, like i said i'm finally a real adult and i'm getting my my passport so jasper at some gold point coast baby I'm I, was, I never thought i would go but <laughs> once i heard about gold coast <laughs> i kept on thinking it's of also, spiders also, and snakes and all these things that are kill me now i'm thinking about the drug yeah. overdoses yeah. Man, this is really... gold coast is also where our theme parks are as well so like oh yeah, like four yeah, yeah 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 I mean, right there man, you just well. like yeah, put fire you you just put like all the gasoline yeah. on all the fire jasper thank you for that i'm, I'm sure marcus is just like me I, i'll take a little gonorrhea over a snake bite so that's fine <laughs> oh definitely <laughs> I could have said something completely inappropriate, but Uh, whatever. (laughs) Anyways, Matt, would you like to say anything? Would you like to say anything in closing? That doesn't work. I I, I think that right there was a perfect ending. I don't need to say anything. (laughs) Eric, you have anything to say besides uh, irresponsible medical advice when it comes to snake bites? Oh, um, suck out venom. It doesn't work. You could also die. You could also die or, you know, I don't know. I got nothing. Bring back Jason Lee. (laughs) Well, okay. So we appreciate you guys listening. This was so much fun. Um, Like I said, I I had the least to contribute here, but I wanted to be here because this is something that uh, everybody here is passionate about and I can't wait to get into it more so I can hold my own in a conversation um again benchwarmers footy fanatics if you want to jump in the questionnaire that neil put together is on there so you can kind of start figuring out who you want to root for and then just join us and enjoy the sport because it's so much fun um and yeah that's it for us um uh, we, we really got to come up with an ending. Yeah, we got to come up with a, <laughs> you got to come up with an well, thank you big time um, to jasper and neil yes, for their time yes tonight. absolutely you guys are beautiful humans and so are we we're all beautiful you're all beautiful um <laughs> did, they, did they come up with the hard baja blast already dude what's going on <laughs> yeah all right we're done now talk to you later